Add some fun to your space with Extrify, designed in Sweden with focus on quality products built on experience. You're looking at Project 4, their fourth generation of products with super cool colorways to stand out, with matching sets to satisfy with a solid B4 bungee, lightweight ergonomic M4 mouse, the K4 keyboard is fantastic, all of which are performance focused, and finish it off with colorful GP4 mouse mats that are bold in design and smooth on the surface. The retro theme in particular has got the feels. Complete your setup with Extrify. No regrets, guaranteed. I'm in the house. And sector clear. But there is the window. Hate this badge. I'll take the fire through the pillar. Whatever. Play with Parry Match. Parry Match. Your esports teammate. Step right up, step right up, get your Counter-Strike hot takes here. It's HLTV Confirmed, Tuesday the 30th of March 2021. That sounds like the future. Uh, season 5, episode 33. First and foremost, HLTV Confirmed is brought to you by Extrify. That's Extrify, X-T-R-F-Y.com. Check them out for all your peripheral needs. And Parrymatch, that is P-A-R-I match.com. Uh, gamble responsibly. Anyway. On tonight's show, uh, we have the hot seat with Stiko. You can see him. He's floating around. He's in the bubble, I guess. Uh, ESL Pro League, a bit of an update on that. Shit's been happening. All the other recent news, hasn't been a whole lot going on there, but stay tuned for that. And as usual, we have Lucas, the producer of the show. Uh, you're causing problems today, Lucas, or is everything looking okay? Hopefully, everything will work out. Okay. Uh, well, I, I might be talking louder than normal because these in-ears are a bit more noise-canceling, so if I am, tell me to shut the fuck up. Um, uh, also, it's time for... Wait, let me do this properly. <clears throat> it's time for Strikers <laughs> Dating Profile! I should have been on, like, 80s television. I reckon I would have killed it. Anyway, um, Striker, new question yep. this week. Um, how would you handle conflict resolution with your partner? I mean, this is calm, a real life one. Calmly and preferably without too many emotions, and you know, just like reason in a reasonable manner. Okay, so a reasonable. All right, that's not. It's lacking a few details there. I mean, like, what kind of what kind of a conflict is it? Like, it's obviously that's kind of like situation dependent. Well, for example, um, I have a have a method uh, where if arguments are kicking off, if it's not a like if it if it feels like it's a a silly thing. Uh, what you do is you go up to your partner and and you put your little finger in their nose and they have to do the same thing. And if you can argue with your partner while you both have your fingers in each other's noses, then you should probably keep arguing. If not, probably not worth it. So that's that's my example. I don't think I'm going to take that advice, but uh, okay. it's, a, it's a good insight into your life, though. All right. You got to try weird shit. Anyway, uh, maybe we'll check in. We'll give you a scenario. Maybe in the future, I'll write some lines for Prof and you guys can do like a a conflict resolution no, live on the show. Don't. So that might be next week, uh, but we'll, we'll see how we get there. Uh, all right, we got my next favorite segment. This is uh, Prof's Corona Watch. Prof, the sun's out. What does this mean? Um, obviously, not less Corona, according to statistics so far. Uh, latest latest updates from creation uh, scientists that claim Corona is over, saying Corona is not over, uh, changing their opinion, and saying that the spring is coming late this year. 
which is delaying the Corona is over phase. That's that's the new news from Croatia, whatever okay. the fuck that means. Okay. And also, Lucas probably has has the Rona, so that's that's also fun. Oh, okay. Lucas, are you okay? Yeah, I'm actually very good. Okay. Well, hopefully you're all good. Um, anyway, I, I guess we'll keep this one kicking along because now that's we put a real put a real sad mood in it here. Lucas, Lucas may be sick. Um, all right, let's go to the bumper and we'll get the hot seat and we'll lift the mood. All right, we are joined by the chess master, 25 years young. He likes tractors or something about a tractor. I don't know. I'm sure we'll find out. A member of the newly acquired uh, FPX, Rustafun Fun Plus Phoenix. Uh, it's Martin Stiko Stick. Steak? Stick. Stick. Like an actual stick. Like a stick. That's really easy. People can't fuck that one up. Mate, right. how you doing? Uh, doing great. Thanks for having me. Uh, uh, looking forward to this uh, conversation with uh, you three individuals plus Lucas. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be an interesting adventure, I'm sure, and and we're probably gonna get straight into the interesting adventure. Um, so just just to give people a little bit of, of history, maybe they're a newer Counter Strike fan, maybe they're not too familiar. Obviously, you had your days in Mouse Sports, uh, that all you know finished up. We had that Cloud Nine situation there as well for a little while, but in more recent history, uh, and it doesn't feel that recent really. You did the whole No Chance thing, then you were in Smash, then the Godsend, now you're at FPX. It's 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 been a bit of a journey. Um, right. with last year, 2020, I suppose that's where we, where we focus in on, um, for, for you with that year getting, well, I don't want to assume anything. I guess this is a great place for you to tell us the, the comparison between where you were with no chance kind of floating around to then being part of an organization again. Um, what's the contrast like for you, for your career at that point? Yeah. So it's true that, uh, after I left Mossports, which we were well-established tier one team before, uh, I decided to, um, Take a little bit of a break, but uh, it got cut short basically because I got offered to play in a in a no chance. So me and Frozen basically swapped posi positions and Mouseports and no chance. He went to Mouseports, I went instead of him back to no chance, and I uh, met new people I've never played with before, uh, and we were playing without an organization for uh, almost a year, uh, and uh, it was kind of okay for me. I didn't mind for for financial reasons i was still contracted with mouse ports so i was benched and i was playing for no chance and uh there was no like uh issue with that but obviously guys were becoming pretty frustrated that we were basically playing for nothing and the only things that we received were the prize money which weren't big at the time anyway um so then we uh then we i think from no chance we were doing pretty good since we made it to minor where we beat actually mouse sports my previous team but uh in the decider game we lost to them so they made it through and we didn't uh so that was a little bit of sad but after the after that summer we got into smash uh, which was a project led by uh the duo of djs the brothers dimitri and uh like mike but that project didn't last long we were signed there for just a trial period and see how it goes but uh these guys had no, okay, I don't want to say, okay, I'm going to say it. They, these guys had no clue how to run the organization from the esports point of view. So we were really unhappy there and it was, things were done without our consent in that team. So that always kind of fucks you up and uh, you want to avoid that. So after the trial ended, we immediately got signed by Godsend 
which was Swedish organization and Devil Walk, our coach, had good inter, uh, you know interactions with Pronax, which was C, uh, like part of the Godson back then. And um, <clears throat> yeah, first tournament, like basically one week after signing, we won that uh, tournament in Kiev. So that was one of the last lands we attended uh, before the pandemic hits. And throughout the whole pandemic, we were playing for Godsend. Right now, we're uh, we're in FPX. There was a long negotiations between Godsend and FPX to acquire our our whole roster. It, uh, after a few months, probably three four months, it came down to just signing, and we did. And from the first of Feb uh, January, we're part of the FPX. All right, I'm sure there's a lot of questions off the back of this start here, Prop and Striker. So let's start with you, Striker. You got anything for for Stika with with what he said so far? Uh, not particularly, but I mean, just kind of like to tie it into that next part obviously you still you signed with fpx and it was still crystal on the roster if i as, as far as i can recall right it was still or at least like there was that period where you were still on the team and but it didn't last long so did you know that you were going to cut him eventually anyway or what was the timeline there uh, the timeline was there that when fpx approached us they wanted to buy a whole roster uh, as all five of us plus the coach so six of us but uh, when we spoke with fpx and asked them like what are your uh, ambitions with our team what do you want to reach with this team with with buying us and uh, they set their goals and we said that honestly i we don't think it's going to happen with the lineup that we have right now and we were hitting the skill ceiling and our ceiling in general in the tournaments we couldn't get through it so we uh, decided to uh it was a mutual decision it took long weeks and uh, yeah we came down to the point where we decided to go forward to fpx but without crystal because it was it, i don't think we could have made it to the point where fpx want us to have and uh, i'm not saying that we are there right now but over the time where we're going to fix the roster with proper igl uh, we then have a time to lay the foundation for our team to become a top five team where they want us to beat. Okay. Uh, we, we might be skipping a little bit bit back and forth around this stuff here, but if we just stick with, with where you're yeah. going with what you've just said. So how long exactly have you guys been at FPX? It's been a couple months now, right? From 1st of January, yeah. Okay, the... so all of, all of this year. So at this point, we're about to head into to the fourth month. We're about to head into March. Uh, no, April. Rather than April, Jesus Christ, I've bloody forgotten the bloody months. What a shit start by me. Anyway, um, fucking hell. Uh, you're about to move into April, and you're talking about having a, the, the in-game leader situation, but you guys are still, like, it looks like you're still all over the shop with that, right? So yeah. uh, how, how long of a timeline have they given you with that? Uh, they've given us as much as we need, basically, to find the right fit, and we found it it's it's found already the okay. ipl is found but there was a negotiations that just didn't go through and it was between christian and fpx so that was unfortunate uh we already thought we have fixed lineup and everything was ready we practiced with christian even though he didn't sign yet but it was almost ready to done to be done and um so we practiced hard with him we played tournaments we won tournaments in one tournament we went we made it made it to the final uh it was all looking good but in the end there was a deal breaker let let's put it this way so we had to acquire a new player new igl in course of less than 48 hours before roster lock for epl and uh, we decided to go for sunny which was by the way on our list of igls even before we went for chris j but sunny decided that 
he said, hey guys, I have this project with Flasha and I'm not sure where to go yet. So I can't give you a yes or no answer right now. So you better try out Chris J. We tried Chris J out and it was the right fit. So in the end, it all worked out some, uh, somehow. Okay. Uh, where where do you go from from this position onward with that with that problem with the IGL, right? Uh, where do we go from that? Um, okay. Well, right now we have to use uh, um, our roster look is uh, not letting us to put anyone into roster uh, other than Sunny. So we're going to continue EPL with Sunny. We have we're hitting playoffs, so there's going to be elimination matches coming for us, and right after that we have a little bit of a free time to actually um, finalize our roster. I don't think Sunny is going to continue with us. Uh, I mean, we don't know what we might even win EPL and something might change, but uh, by the looks of things, we're uh, we're going to go back to uh, Chris J if if everything looks fixed for now but uh, it's still a long way through nothing signed don't take any word for my uh, for this but uh, it's looking much brighter than it was a few months ago where we won those tournaments but the the deal fell through so that was okay. unfortunate well fpx and chris j back at the table talking after like a month break so and then we'll see what what happens that's the, yeah i mean we want we to play with each other uh, <laughs> he fits our style really good he's a really good in-game leader uh, in my opinion and uh, he's also lifting our spirits up during the game, which is necessary for our team. Uh, he's doing good calls. He learned a lot, I guess, from Kerrigan. I never played with Kerrigan, so I cannot compare. But uh, he, he did a tremendously good job uh, while we were not playing with each other for a couple of years, uh, dating back to mouse sports. Okay. Jesus, we got a lot to, we got a lot to, to dig into here. <laughs> so, many, so many things that we're, we're learning right now. Well, okay. I guess yeah, we can start with uh, with like basically why you guys have been doing so well even among this all this uh, all this craziness, right? Because you didn't really even have too much time with Chris J before you won that won, won that tournament and then went into the final. That was a dream hack, um, and then now with Sunny, you're kind of in the same position. Literally had whatever like maybe a few days of practice or something like that, and you still did well at EPL. You know, that, making it through to the playoffs. So. Yeah, how come you managed to make it work this this quickly? I think uh, honeymoon period really hits us hard and boosted us hard when Chris Jake comes in at the beginning of the year. Then we hit those two consecutive finals, winning one of it, and then uh, the mood kind of dropped when Chris J uh, and FPX didn't agree. So we been, we went back to uh, I mean we uh, approached Sunny and he played with us and the reason why we did good in EPL is honestly we were playing really bad Counter Strike. I feel like it's not that we advanced to the through the group; it's like other teams failed to advance more than we did. If that if that makes sense. Sure. So like Big fell flat in our group, which I expected them to be in top three. OG also made some had some like questionable games and renegades didn't really put a performance yet in eu so i mean three teams had to advance and we did we we was we were one of them but it was really close when you look at the points and the games itself because against og i remember there were some close rounds i think we like came 16, back 14 on the last map both against was, them and, and big right it was it was i think og against big we came back ridiculous new game like 13 five score line on the third map and og as well i remember it was 16 14 i remember there were a lot of things where i could have uh, where we could have lost because uh, we were coming back i feel like 
So like, okay, so let's let's kind of uh, set us up a bit of a platform here to dig deeper into Striker's question, right? So from the from when you guys were no chance and stuff, it's still you, Zen, and Madden, right? And then mm-hmm. Bali, and then obviously now you have Sunny, but Chris J or the revolving door of the in-game leader ever since the Crystal situation with Emmy and stuff. Mm-hmm. When when Crystal is is no longer needed in the team, you, you bench him, and you're looking for a new in-game leader. Like uh, we've had Crystal on the show before, and I think you know when when watching him play and the structure that he sets up, he looks like a he looks like he has you know very good idea of of how to approach the game. But then as as a player, he's just trying to make space for you guys to come in and trade. Like there was a lot more of that than actual him trying to make the kills right like that's at least what it looked like from a from watching standpoint so with all of with all of that and what crystal did with you guys over such a long period of time because it was for the four of you i guess or yeah for the four of you then mcleary there the five of you i suppose up to that point you had still had that crystal system and stuff right are you still carrying that now like is that still what is keeping the team where it's at or is it just the synergy of of the core of the players what what's what do you think is the key to the because i know you said you didn't think you played good but you're still finding success whether it's through other yeah. teams not performing i think honestly uh when we added emmy and then christian and now sunny it all boosted boosted up our firepower a lot on on in-game leading uh, position so because as you said when crystal was playing with us he was creating this really good space for us but he was more often than not creating space and not actually going for kills we need an aggressive igl in our team uh, but it, aggressive in the sense that he's actually an entry fragger, not the guy who is going to jump with Mac 10 around and probably like do 50 damage and ding and like throw the crosshairs off of, of CTs. But we need a guy who can actually entry properly and uh, do the space this way because you're not gonna, if you look at the trades and pro tier one team, there's you're not gonna be winning too many of the rounds if you just run around and people will kill you anyway in a burst and in a hatch. They will adjust. They, these guys are not missing anymore. Like these easy kills that the guy is jumping like crazy and uh, you're hoping for a trade. So we need definitely to add a firepower to that. And that's why Chris J was such a detrimental piece of a puzzle. I feel like because he's really aggressive. And even if he's having a bad game, he's not afraid to push the boundaries further. And that's what we need. And it perfectly complements with the passive nature of some players that we have. For example, me, myself, I'm I'm pretty passive player. And uh, Madden is not put or forced into so many entry positions uh, that he had to be put when Crystal was on the team. Right now, Chris J can take over that duty or Sun in our case. And uh, we use Madden as a more of a, a trade guy and we keep him late in the late, uh, late round if possible. Uh, all right. So just t- tell me if this sounds right. I'm not trying to put words in your mouth here, but is it because you guys played with Crystal for so long in that style where he would go in and you would all, not always, right? This When I'm using this language, it's not meant to be so definitive. It's just more often than not, right? Yeah. You guys would have to, to trade off of him that you were, this sounds horrible. Like people are going to take this out of context, but it, it's really not meant to sound that way because you've had a revolving door of a fifth. And the way that you were playing before, it was almost like most situations you were set up with the man disadvantage, but you get the trade. It's, yeah. Is it feel easier to plug a player in? Because if they go in and get the entry, you weren't getting that eight out of 10 yes. times before. 
Yeah, our our whole play play style with uh, Crystal was revolved around trying to get into four v four situations, and we were excelling at that. Like we could find the gaps, we could we were active on the map, we we communicated good sound cues. Let's say we had a good crossfire. So four v fours were that that's our shit, right? That's where we excel at. But as soon as we get get this in game leader that actually goes for a frag and not playing for a trade. 5v4s are like 80% or 70% when you look at the statistics, 75% you're going to win that round if you if you play it well. So these 4v4s were nice and it was catching people off guard. We beat G2 when they were ranked 1, we beat Heroic when they were ranked 1, we beat uh, we were playing good against pretty much anyone. But as soon as even Emmy came and he was uh, upgrade in terms of he wasn't afraid to go in and, and look for the duel, like one one or two weeks after we added Emmy, we beat Astralis, which we never did before. So it was kind of a big achievement. And that showed us like, okay, we need to change our play style back to the normal Counter-Strike and not play for four V4s, but actually try to get entries like all other teams are trying to get. Okay, Jesus, we're digging into a lot here, boys. Um, like we're, we've gone off. We, I thought we might've been like a slow build, but we just got straight into it. So if we're I'm talking like, about the entries, I'll just jump in and talk about like the opping situation because yeah. all ops make entries in CS, that's the matter right now. 28 plus percent of all entry attempts on teams are, are oppers, right? Most of the time. Unless your name's your kinder. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I guess that's kind of true. <laughs> and maybe Henny. Yeah, Henny also not not that active, but yeah. What is what is the deal now with 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 Farley? Because before when you had Michaelle, that was a whole different story. To not go into that, you bring in Farley, who's like an up and coming opera, did quite well in Copenhagen Flames, was it before? Yeah. How is he fitting into this? Is he the type of an opera you expected him to be, or is it kind of difficult to find that? entry potential right to, to unlock those 4v5s in in your favor yeah he's definitely amazing he's done really good job and he was such an improvement over michaelella because as i as i said when we benched michaelella we felt like there was a problem with him being too passive and not going for entries we swapped him and we immediately saw the improvement where farley actually knows when to get the entry like okay guys we're fucked i need to get an entry with an op or scout Otherwise, we're just going to get split and lose the round. So Farlik knows when to take the initiative and take over the whole round. But he's doing this on CT side, on T side as well. He's being really careful which which angles he's going to peak. But sometimes there's no choice as he's just going to go in, try, win the fight and win the round or lose a fight. And we are in 4v5, which is probably still winnable, but we have a tough chance. But he definitely knows how to, how to uh, play the chances on on in counter strike in general with an op because uh what we had troubles before was michael being too passive and then we realized that crystal in 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 entry duels we use him as an entry but he had the terrible statistics in uh, and like success rate in entries on ct side so we decided to tell him to back off and uh, and play a little bit more passive with utility rather but uh, it wasn't working. So in the end, it was one of the problems on T side that I mentioned before to chat that um, uh, he was taking a space, but he wasn't shooting back. He didn't even have a chance to shoot back. On CT sides, he decided to go for the duels, but he was losing them. So uh, it was just really hard to play 4v5 or 4v4 at best if we traded him. Uh, um, uh, let's... 
I, I'll save this one for once we get to the playtime because we're, I think we're way past where we started. Um, okay, so you were talking about how you guys will be using Sunny for the EPL playoffs. It's kicking off in a couple of days' time. Uh, you, you got your match up there. We're going to touch on that later in the show. But how, how this, is, this is relatable to almost the last couple of years for you. So you're playing what on the bench from hours, you were getting money. The rest of the team were only getting the prize money. So it was one of those things where you, the team as a whole trying to chase, get back to a level to become a professional team again, right? Like a paid yep. salary team. Then that happens in multiple different iterations. The smash thing obviously was a, was a fucking mess. Godsend seemed pretty good. And now that you're over there at this new FPX lot, that seems pretty good too. Uh, but you, you guys just have this revolving door of a of a fifth that's coming in. H how are you still able to to stay on track, right? Why why are you guys not just overly demotivated? Why isn't it just like fuck this shit? Because it, oh, it must be pretty annoying, right? That's a great question. We're annoyed as fuck, and we're depressed as fuck. But okay. to be honest, to be honest, for the past week, for for the past seven days, we were practicing like two of them, and it was with uh, Devil Walk instead of Sunday because okay. Sunday. Fuck. Because Sunday, and this is, we're talking like we're two days ahead of EPL playoffs, right? Yeah. And Sunny posited, uh, tested positive on COVID on Friday. He was unable to play, had high fevers. Uh, and that's when we had to play Blast uh, qualifier, best of ones. So it's not okay when your IGL is having fevers. And uh, he's an IGL that had, is first of all standing. Then he has a fever, a sore throat. He can't talk that much. And we're playing best of ones against pretty solid team like L like LDLC. And we lost both of these best of ones against them. We're out of the qualifier. We have no chance to qualify anymore. So this is tough. And uh, for example, past two days we were playing just with Devil Walk just to play. Uh, we were we we decided to make a decision. Either we play team Counter Strike and search for practice, and we play with Devil Walk. Uh, or we're gonna just play solo face it, you know, and just get in the shape this way. But we decided, okay, let's play at least a little bit of a counter strike and dry run the strats, get probably um, fucked by everyone on practice, like 25-5, but uh, at least play something and uh, hope for the best. So yeah, we are demotivated, but we're we, we're seeing this uh, light on the end of the tunnel, as you would say, uh, with Chris J trying to come back and he wants to come back to us. We want him to come back as well. So if this will all work out, I'm, 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 I believe that by the end of the summer, we're going to hit the top 10 in the ranking and we're going to qualify for the major. And by the end of the year, we're going to be established tier one team if everything falls uh, right into place. And I think it should, but you, you never know in this pandemic situation and Counter-Strike in general. Sure. Okay. Just one more, one more thing about the standing thing. Um, I mean, it's just puzzling to me that you guys would just get a stand in as an in-game leader, right? I would just expect maybe like Devil Walk with how coaching is now, like maybe Devil Walk could just get a, a takeover in-game leading because he just is a little bit more, like understands the team a little bit more, knows what the strats are and stuff like that. Yeah. How are you even like coming close to making it work with a guy who just like comes into your team, doesn't even know the strats. You have yeah. to show him everything from the start. Like how does this work? Okay, so... Uh, but you'd have it down pat by now, right? You guys should have a pretty good method. Yeah, we <laughs> we we know what strats we want to show from the get-go. And uh, like the strats that have good success rate, we're obviously gonna drive around them a lot on the empty server and then on the practice. But when it comes to defaults, we let the IGL do the work. So the strats are on us. 
the default rounds are on the new player that comes in and we learn everything according to him. Uh, but obviously, if we're, if we're supposed to play, let's say, Mirage and we suck on Mirage as FPX core, and Sunny comes in and he's really good on Mirage, or Chris J comes in and he's really good on Mirage, or his past teammates uh, teams were, um, we obviously let him overtake and we scrap our whole playbook, which wasn't deep anyway. On the map we suck on, we obviously don't play that much, uh, and uh, we let him just completely overhaul our our playstyle and we try to work that. Whereas on our good maps, let's say Nuke. We would teach our new in-game leader everything that we had, every pattern, every protocol, every rotation. We would teach him, and for those maps, they need to adapt to us because it was working as best teams in the world. We want to keep it that way and tweak it a little bit, you know, as we go. Okay, man, we're getting some great answers here. Um, uh, uh, is there anything like? Because obviously you've had a bunch come through now. Emmy's been there. Chris has been there for a short time. Sunny's been there for a short time. Is there anything that you've taken from each of them and you've gone, "Fuck yeah, we'll steal that"? Like you, anything like that? You is is Counter Strike knowledge that you're going to carry through from having all these different players come in? Yeah, definitely. There are there are some moves and strats that uh, I remember vividly from Chris J's calling. I have it wrote down and. Uh, when he comes back, I hope we can refresh that and uh, start using them again. From Sonny's point of view, again, I have some interesting setups on CT side. He's, uh, he, he, he talked us through and in general, the approach to the game, how he's calling. Uh, some things are really good that I didn't hear before. Everyone is calling differently and you can find every in every IGL style, you can find something that you just want to learn and take over. I'm not saying now that right now everyone should keep changing IGLs and keep stealing stuff, whatever, to become the best team in the world but uh something you have to know which things are actually usable in your you know sphere of teammates whatsoever so um uh, some things i'm definitely i learned uh, i learned a lot of for example utility from emmy that we used to till this day i remember today in practice we used a bunch of emmy's nades so uh definitely something to be an eye out for yeah, that's normally one of the things. Like, obviously, I'm a, a, a I'm literally ancient at this point as far as being a professional player goes. But like, it can get really stale, right? Like, in terms of looking yeah. for new ideas. And if you have somebody come in and they just have a, a bunch of new ideas, it's it's really nice. It's it's quite refreshing to see how, how the other people see the game as well. Um, boys, do we have anything else for Stigo here in the in the hot seat, or do we want to keep her moving? Um, I guess like just just to kind of wrap this up. Uh, when you think about like the whole no chest thing, at least with most of his teammates that were unsalaried at the time for a year, fighting through all that, being a top 15, top 20 team for most of it, you can take a drink, drink, do it easily. Uh, and then you come into the like the the smash situation, which isn't ideal. Then you go go on to Godsend, which is okay. Then you move to FPX, and now you don't have an IGL for like five months. And then you roll back to like other people. NA teams and stuff like that that have left the scene after literally one month without a team and stuff like that. Does it seem kind of funny to you to, to see all of the complaining that people have been doing? Like, oh, I can't get an org, I can't do this, can't do that. When, like in Europe, you guys were a semi-top team and also were in a similar situation to these guys, right? But for a yeah. much longer time. Um. Well, everyone has their own reasons why they're leaving the scene or they're complaining. And I understand that. I don't want to sound like a like a dick or whatever. But uh, yeah, I I admire what we did in No Chance in terms that we were really persistent and we only fell flat on one guy, and that was Nuki. 
we, we were playing with Nuki and he decided to leave us because he got offer from Hellraisers and he said to us, guys, I think we're better than Hellraisers. We would beat them, but they're offering me a salary. So I'm going to go because I'm pressured and I have to go. And we understood that we lost a valuable piece of team. But uh, in the end, it all worked out that we found even better uh, guy to, for replacement. And and then another. And, uh, you know, eventually it all makes sense why it's happening. So, um, you know, Prof, you're laughing right now, but you know what I'm talking about. But uh, you, uh, you have to understand that you have to just keep rolling with it. And I'm not laughing at people who left the scene or who are complaining because they're in a different position. It's just, it's sometimes it's mind boggling, but I'm sure they have their own, their own reasons. I don't want to dig into that. Um, I just want to stay passive on this because I don't want to insult someone, right? Prof, you're trying to make him walk into a door or something here. Nah, I just want, I need to ask the big question <laughs> just because it popped into my mind when you people don't really consider teams like european teams like like no chance what they were and how hard they had kind of had to fight for it to to actually achieve something so uh just like a comparison it was a big comparison but i had to throw it out there well i i guess we could piggyback off of that because uh, at the moment i think a, a lot of the counter-strike world if you guys uh went on the front page of reddit today i think you would have seen the, the thread about extremum uh, we're about to get into the cloud nine topic not too long after this but there's a lot of teams at the moment right if you have a look that are that are having a hard time against teams within the top 50 uh right and no chance had to go through a lot of those qualifiers a lot of those situations uh, is it as wild out there as it looks, or are these guys fucking up? That's it's a sticker question. question. Yeah, that's my bad. I should have I should have pointed at Martin. I'm, I apologize. Uh, I should have Martin, said, yeah. Let Martin's me lost. Let me try and focus this back in. Um, so you know how that, that, fuck it. So do you think right now that these teams who are struggling against teams in the top fifty is is it really that competitive out there, or are these guys not applying themselves properly? Um, I'm going to take an extremum. As an example. Okay. Um, I hope they're not watching right now. But <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I honestly think that tier two, tier three scene in Europe is really competitive, and it's just a bunch of styles that clash together. They just you can't be ready for every style that is thrown at you. No matter how how you practice, there's always going to be a thing that will surprise you in these kind of uh, teams. But extremum, for example. When we scream them, they play completely differently from what I see in uh, in matches. Like, like I don't even know. How, like, it's the biggest contrast I've ever seen. Okay. Uh, they're on on screams. They're confident. You know, peeking, white white peeking, having the ridiculous off angle in the middle of the map, and he's just free tapped the three guys, right? And you have no chance to reprack. Whereas. Let's say we scream them, and then two hours later they're they're playing like Namiga or something on the same map, and same situation. They're losing zero three, and first gun round they see I see that they do is like something completely passive. I I I understand it might have been the read, but but just the contrast how they practice and how they translate it into the game. I I feel it. Whenever I watch it, I'm like, okay, we lost to these guys. We had no chance on practice. Why are they not doing that? That they really like wrecked us. And they're practicing something different or they're trying to anti-strat too hard. I don't know what's the issue. I'm just saying that it's probably the, the, the core of a problem that Extremum is not performing how they should be. 
Okay. Uh, with Cloud9, I feel like they were anti-strategic too much, but that's just my opinion. I think they were, again, in scrims, we had no chance against them. But I'm sure if we would play best of three against them, we would win like 2-0. Okay. All right. That's There's a couple of interesting angles there. Uh, let's keep... Uh, Everyone good on this? We might move into the recent news. Yeah, I guess, yeah. All right. We'll pick up the tail end of this topic once we roll the bumper and get into the recent news. Take us there, Lucas. The Extrafi M42 RGB, what a fun mouse with five colorways, lightweight frame and just 59 grams with a swappable backplate to suit your grip style, the sensor, the easy cord, the smooth skates and driverless control for RGB and DPI is why you should check out the M42 RGB down below. I'm in the house and sector clear, but there is the window. Hate this badge. I'll take the fire through the pillar, whatever. Play with Parimatch. Parimatch, your esports teammate. All right, we're back. Thank you for staying with us here. Uh, we're into the recent news now. Uh, there hasn't been a whole lot of, of recent news. We seem to be pretty light on. I think it's because we have all the EPL games that have, have been taking part. Uh, but in the last week, if you guys missed it, uh, Cloud9 have put their Counter-Strike division on hold. Um, on hold. On hold. So I didn't get the statement ready. Does anybody have it handy? Because I think we should probably make sure we, we set the scene with that. Let me see if I can find it. Didn't do my, uh, my preparation as tightly as I should today. It's not really super interesting, but yeah, you can go with it. Yeah. It's also the only thing that has been said by any Cloud9 member. None yeah, of the yeah, coaching complete staff, silence from everybody else. Henry, players, no one said literally anything. I'm Twitter, scrolling through. I'm seeing a shitload of Valorant stuff. Uh, maybe we get to the Counter-Strike stuff eventually uh, i'm still scrolling hltv and found it the article yeah that would have been the quick way anyway i found it all right here we go take this whack this up lucas i'll read it because we have probably about six audio only listeners uh, there's uh, actually like a, a no, we have a bunch i think or a few thousands per episode oh really yeah wow all right i've been talking to a bunch of people who just like say that they listen in the car like through spotify or something like whenever they have the time when they're on the on the on in a walk or something cool like a bunch of people just actually do audio only. Nice, we're doing it. All right, now, uh, once again, Cloud9 on hold. Here's the statement from their Twitter. Uh, at this time, we've made the decision to pause our involvement in CSGO. COVID has prevented us from assembling the team in North America as we'd originally planned. And though everyone has worked hard to rise to the challenge, the reality is that remote training isn't conducive for building an organization the way Cloud9 usually does. We remain passionate about competing in CSGO, and once conditions allow us to work and train in the ways that we know help teams to be successful, we'll return to competitive play. We're grateful to Henry and to the players for their work over the past few months, and we'll be cheering them on in their in their next endeavors. That last bit, that's fucking sassy. That's like that's like a real sassy line, that real last bit. They could have left that. That's the snarky remark your girlfriend makes as she storms out the door. You, you could have left that bit out there, Cloud9. But the rest of it, all right, like you said, it doesn't say a lot. But let's break this down into a bunch of different buckets. I love buckets. And then we'll go from there. So first and foremost, was this a surprise? Uh, I think yes, considering yeah, the amount of fanfare For that sure. we had around this roster and 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 uh, the new direction and dumping the old team and everything like that. So this is, this is surprising based on the messaging that we were receiving 
um, that, you know, they were going to be pushing forward with this and an international roster and uh, all of that. Now, in terms of what I take from this message is that um, the team is competing in Europe, right? They've got Esata, they got Mezzi, they, they had Alex, right? The, the three European side of the world people. It's definitely a European team. Yeah. Um, and they had two North Americans. So with what this I'd be reading, I, I suppose the plan, if COVID wasn't a situation, would have been to have this roster but competing in North America. Does that that seems pretty straightforward? I, I think mean, that, all... that was said already yeah. like, when this team was put together, so it's not so, a big surprise there. Mostly for like Flashpoint, right? Wasn't meant no, to no, be no. There that was like that was like time. an actual long term plan that they would like stay in LA like long term, but then you know travel to Europe for tournaments and stuff, or maybe boot camps. But their 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 base would have been LA eventually okay, okay. so mm -hmm. with that in mind like for them to to have this things not to be a, a crazy success uh they didn't pop off they weren't a top contender in the world by any means it was slow going and also it was receiving a lot of attention uh on the social medias on the reddits on all of that go gear uh and all negative attention right so it feels like it's a culmination of a lot of problems coming together and cloud nine just pulling the plug on it because they're getting negative press and they're not getting the results they're looking for and they can't be in control of the environment so if we if we take that part the north american part so you're probably perfect for this because you stood in for these guys um in terms of your short amount of time playing for them uh, yeah. what what did you take away as an organization was it pretty hands-on did you ever get to talk to jack like what, what what was the go yeah i i talked to jack pretty much every time i saw him and that was let's say a few times per week um it was i always said this in the in the interview usually done for slovakian outlet media but uh cloud nine i have i was there for two months and it was the best organization i've ever played for period the the amount of uh stuff they provided for me they uh they got me like everything I needed at the door, basically, while I was living in LA. And even when we traveled to Europe for the tournaments, everything was perfectly smooth. Everything was professional communication between everyone was open. It was it was just really nice to play. Uh, the environment I want to play with uh, in for forever, basically. Like this is what I want uh, to feel when I'm on any team. Uh, it was really secure, but at the same time, very friendly and professional. Uh, it was kind of nice balance there. Okay. So it sounds like they're a, a model professional organization. Yeah, it was and amazing. All right. So th for them to, to make this, this choice with that in mind there, let's go with you here, Prof. Like what are, what are you taking away from this situation? What's your, if you were to break it down into the X's and O's, what, what's, what's your, uh, feeling and what happened in the back room, right? I mean, How, yeah. first it seems too early to me. Okay. Like it really seems too early. I, it doesn't make sense. Like, okay, you can put the LA, we want it to be in North America and LA, wherever have like some facility. I don't remember, of course, like the last NA CSGO cloud 19 was kind of based in, in LA, but I don't, were, think, right? I don't think yep. all of them, I think OC wasn't even there most of the time, whatever. Okay. So that's kind of weird to me, but okay, you still put all of these different players together. You change the coach like a month in, that's like a big thing. You change an offer. So you know that building a team like this is going to take time and it is going to take time. They have been playing for like four months maybe now. And you say, okay, this is, this is it. We can't go on anymore. I know that the, like, it wasn't like a very steep trajectory going upwards, but it didn't really didn't really seem that there was no improvement at all. And they are fighting against 
very good teams. Like they're losing to Navi, the number one team in the world. Wow. Like, what are you expecting here? Of course, they did lose to Winstrike. They did lose to MIBR, uh, which was a very unfortunate loss. And they had stuff like that. But that definitely seemed more down to pressure than anything else and, and like choking as a team. I don't know. It seems so weird to, to pull the plug so early when, you, when you're like, oh, we're committed to this project. We're going to spend so much money, blah, blah. Or maybe it is just down to we, we got Woxic, who was the biggest star player on, on the team, and that didn't work out. We didn't get Nico. We didn't get Hunter. We didn't get any of all of these other names that were kind of rumored, the JKS, JKM duo, stuff like that. We didn't get those players. And now the players that we have are actually the team that we had before this, which is like a top 20-ish team with potential to do more. Uh, I'd, I'd say this team maybe has more potential than the than the previous one, the South American, South African core team. With JT and stuff, yep. But yeah, I guess that, that that's the only thing that kind of comes to mind for me. Like the team that they built is not a superstar team and they need to invest even more to, to make that superstar team. And they're just like, okay, fuck this. We didn't get what we, what we were promised, I guess. Yeah. So I think like there's a lot of different ways that we can go with this. Right. Um, and I suppose if we, if we take things at face value, um, we consider the climate at the moment in North America, uh, Counter-Strike at, at the moment in terms of, if you want to compete on a global scale is a European thing, right. Um, obviously including. CIS, Europe, like that's that's our mix, right? You fly over if you want to compete. That's what you have to do. That's where Counter-Strike is at the moment. It's probably so a lot of people aren't too happy with that, but that's just the way the world is right now. And we kind of just have to accept it for the time being. Um, North American Counter-Strike, obviously, now that EPL isn't there with its own division and shit, it's a big league being taken away, blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of factors we can talk with, with Valorant. Um, and, and I guess the thing is, if they can't be hands-on with the team in the way that they want and the way that Stiko just said that they're, they're able to, you know, facilitate at least a, a baseline or a base level for their players, they're not in control of this, right? Because we've got Floppy and we've got, uh, Zephyr were, I think they're back in America now, but they're in, in Europe, not in a facility. Everybody was on their own. It's not a team environment. Um, so there's a, there's, there's probably a lot of factors that play into it there, but do we think that the fact that Flashpoint hasn't been a smash hit may play into this because they're another partner team. Striker, do you think that maybe has something to do with it? Because they're um, another team who's now gone from the from the Flashpoint uh, partner squads, right? How many are left? Um, yeah, God knows what's even happening with Flashpoint given how many teams are. Uh, yeah, I don't even remember at this point how many teams are actually functional uh, out of the partners. I think it's just FPX and MIBR. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah four out of five players. <laughs> there's, there's Dignitas who's kind of functional as well, right? Uh, but that's... Oh, yeah. I forget about Dignitas. I don't remember if there's anybody who, who else is there. FPX anyway. comes to Flashpoint after two seasons. Like, we have our roster ready. <laughs> <laughs> the room is empty. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's kind of consistent with what Jack was saying in my interview with him when the team was getting put together when it was like halfway through together and stuff like that they wanted a team to eventually you know move to la once once it's possible uh and and stuff like that so the the plan was pretty clear uh that they just had all the support that they could give the team if they were in la but it's not possible to do it if they're outside uh if they're in europe they can really build it during COVID, especially uh and so like on one side it kind of makes sense but on the other he it also seemed to me like jack kind of understood that COVID was probably not going away until like at least a year from then or something like that. So yeah. it's definitely surprising that they 
ended up pulling the plug anyway, even though they they were going into it knowing that COVID would probably, you know, at least happen for a while and it's not quite predictable how long and that the team wouldn't be there as a result, right? So it's just, maybe it's really just what you were saying at the start with, you know, them getting a lot of PR. So they might as well just pull the plug now. They're maybe afraid of the same thing happening as was happening with the Cloud9 that Sticko was standing in for, where they were changing players every three weeks, you know. Maybe they saw it coming that they would need to get an opper because of this, you know, opping issue. Alex just gave it up for us attack. That wasn't working out very well either. So they probably needed a replacement in some way, you know, fix this issue. So instead of just keeping this ball rolling and just like getting players after players, maybe this is just their solution. Like, okay, well, let's try again in like half a year when things are fixed. Sure. If I look at it from purely a business standpoint, and I don't put like anything else in there, you you can see how a North American organizer, right, or organization, which is primarily sponsored by North American companies, which we all know has the biggest sponsor budgets, um, for them not to be able to do anything in North America in terms of sponsor obligations. I know even when like the Renegades boys or they, when they were 100 Thieves, like they were always going and doing sponsor obligated stuff around the HyperX, this, the fucking this, that, and the other. Um, so, so that from a, from a business standpoint, means you're not able to get direct, uh, direct impact back into, to the sponsor stuff, right? You're not getting anything there. Um, you can tell, I know nothing about business. Um, then the next thing would be if they, the flashpoint thing, they already just spent a lot of money on getting a team available for flashpoint. There's the whole fee with flashpoint, right? I don't know if that was going to continue into this year. I don't know the deal with that. Does anyone know? Like, does that flashpoint be just one? one time well, and maybe not one time but whatever the the entire period was supposed to be which I, I imagine was at least two years like four seasons or whatever okay so that money was meant to last for okay so for it's while, not, probably not a reinvestment there okay and then having to pay for these guys especially zephyr and floppy to be living overseas indefinitely right because we like we just mentioned there's no counter-strike in north america or very little so from all those standpoints, the one thing that they'd want to achieve, it's uh, not possible. And we've already seen a lot of these teams who were North American brands, like Envy is another one that comes to mind, tried to do it internationally. They pulled the plug as well. It, it feels like if there isn't a scene at home, then it's really hard for them to be hands-on with this and, and do it the way that they'd want to do it. It just is a shame that these are massive organizations and now we seemingly don't have them in Counter-Strike. So from, from that angle, Prof, having a hit of another big name going, who's obviously just going to pour their resources and time, or maybe they don't need to pour more resources, but their, their focus into to Valorant, which is all the rage at the moment, right? Especially in North America. How much of a of a hit do you think this is to Counter-Strike in general that Cloud9 are gone? Do you think it's pretty small, medium, big? What are you thinking? I mean, we're going into this kind of expecting them not to come back, right? Well, I don't know. Not they from, probably will one day. Next year or so, right? Not, maybe some one day, as we said, like EG wasn't here for eight years and... Then they could came back, but that doesn't doesn't count, right? Hmm. For for the time being, probably not. Uh, I guess they left the door open for the for the major. That's kind of how I read the the thing. So if the major is going on, maybe they pick up a team, um, which kind of makes sense. Uh, but yeah, uh, when you when you think about this, the whole problem that you uh, kindly illuminated with the base of the team and their sponsors and stuff like that. The way they frame this, just like boot camp, like you can make a boot camp in Europe. It doesn't matter if you have people in Serbia, you have people in France. It feels like what? everyone can go Guess to Serbia what? at the moment. G2 also has people in Serbia and in France. They managed to do it. So they just had the Serbians go to France instead of the French people go to Serbia. It really it worked out, right? 
and then they went to Berlin and they shot like promo videos. They did whatever was needed, sure. right? So it's possible, I guess, just too much of a hassle, and they they decided that it doesn't make sense. I still think it's kind of bullshit just because of what they sold overall, not just like to me, I don't give a fuck, like, but to the players. The players came in expecting this to be like a very serious long-term project for like three years, blah, blah. And uh, yeah, they just cut it four months in with not that bad results. Like, I don't think these results were, were like fair to, to the players. Maybe you can say Esetag was getting paid 40K or Alex or whatever, but the rest of the players weren't really in that same category. So. Sure. Well, I, I guess now if we focus in on those those players, right? Maybe we can focus in now a bit more about the results, a bit more about the players. Like we don't probably need to drill too hard about the results. I think everybody listening is is aware they weren't fantastic. Uh, but it feels like like Pro League happened. They didn't qualify into the the top three, which to be fair, they were probably the fourth horse in that race, right? They were for that fourth or third or fourth spot. They didn't get that position in that group, uh, and then the, the, it feels like the doors were closed after that. So. With the names, uh, we obviously had uh, Elmer Putty coaching. Then we had Alex, we had Zeppa, we had Floppy, we had Esetag, and we had Mezzi. Um, Stick, I'm going to turn this to your direction. With the team, like these names, who do you think is going to go find a home easily and who do you think is going to have, have a hard time? Um, I think, okay, I'm going to say start with an obvious. I think the hard time is going to fall on NA guys just for the, just for the sake of organizations not wanting to continue or pursue CSGO rosters lately in NA. And I'm not sure they would like to move to Europe permanently uh, to join some other team than, I mean, some not prominent team like Cloud9 was. So I'm going to go with flopping except by having the hardest time and uh, we will see how it turns out. Is that from, crazy though? Uh, yeah, that might be a possibility. I mean, any of these possibilities are there on the table. It's just uh, there are only so many spots on the teams in NA that can be filled. And that's Team Liquid, and that's EG, probably Extra Salt, right? So uh, when I look at the EU guys, I think Esetag is a prospect that he would like to be on. Uh, I mean, many teams would like to have a prospect like Esetag on the, on the roster, in my opinion. I don't think he was... Um, Utilize. Okay, I'm not gonna say he's he wasn't utilized well. He was probably utilized to the best of abilities in Cloud9, but uh, he can do so much more as you know we could see in Astralis when he was on. And uh, I think Messi did really good at showing himself to the community. And now we actually know him before Cloud9 took a risk, took a gamble, but he was one of the most consistent players on the roster. And um, for for Alex, I don't know uh, some said that he, there might be a Valorant switch. Uh, I have I have no idea, but I would be grateful if he didn't. I hope no one from Cloud9 will switch to Valorant because that will just show me that they were actually playing Valorant or at least having it as a backdoor while they were struggling in Counter-Strike. And instead, when you're struggling in Counter-Strike, you don't go to chill in another game. You go to an empty server and fix things. Sure. I, so, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just don't want them to go to a different game because that will show me they they lost it at some point sooner than Cloud9 actually disassembled the team, if that makes sense. Okay, you're talking about like that Counter-Strike fire that burns within all of us where, you know, we rage, but we still get back in there and fucking do it again the next day. Um, yeah, so wasn't Striker, I'll pivot to you for a second, yep. weren't some of these names meant to be linked 
with Valorant. I saw some some floppy tweeting some fucking eyes, at, or was it Jack tweeting some I eyes? I think it was floppy and Jack, yeah. Whatever it was. Is, is we are we thinking that's that's the likelihood? What are we thinking with the Valorant I mean, moves? Yeah, I don't know about all the players, but I mean for the NA players, it would make a lot of sense just because a lot of their friends moved. You know, like a bunch of the X Chaos players and shit like that. Like a lot of these people have just moved over, mm. so there's definitely some link there. You know, some some possible connection that they and also Sticko was was, was talking about it already that their options are probably going to be very limited in, in terms of CS:GO. Um, European teams have very rarely invested into American talent, um, and the American teams are pretty much full at this point. At least the ones that uh, that are like at a level that we would care about. Yep. So, yeah, I, I I would see it in the, in the American players' future for sure, at least as a possibility. Um, when it comes to the European players, I don't I don't really think that unless they're they just gonna are are just gonna get stuck behind like a massive contract, which is honestly probably true to be fair just because we saw what kind of values they had on their contracts when they signed for Cloud9, especially when, when you look at Asatag and Alex. Um, so that might be the bigger problem. I think that nobody in CS will be willing to pay that much for them, and then maybe in Valorant somebody will. Oh, that's, I didn't even consider that, right? They're benched, so they're still under some form of contract, right? So yeah. they're, okay. So with that in mind, that makes things a lot stickier, because like I would just think about it, and I'd be like, if I'm Astralis and Asatag is like free, which obviously is not. But if that's the tag is free, fucking get him back real quick, right? Not because they need him, just keep him on there. Get put him in for another pro league season, then sell him again for another fucking shitload of money. Why not? Right? Rinse and repeat. But seriously, if I think if Astralis do get into a bit of a bit of issues, why not get all my as a tag back if they need somebody? Who who knows? There's a lot to happen in the future with this team. Uh, not this team, these players, and uh, I think there's probably a lot more for us to find out about the story. Because, like you're saying, we, we haven't. You're, you're missing like one key part of the. I mean, you you kind of want to move on from the Cloud Nine discussion. I feel it. I feel it. Well, it's an and... awkward situation for me to be. I, right? what do you want? I live with the guy. I, I to be fair, I haven't talked to Henry a lot about this. It was just as much a surprise to me as it was to everybody else. Um, because you know Henry laying low a bit with all this fucking hate oh, that's getting flung around you know? that's, so, that's fine obviously not a great position to be in but when something like this fails and we can say like this colossal project it failed definitely who takes the blame why why did it why did it fail like why did it fail in the end because they had good players didn't accomplish much where does the blame lie for for the whole cloud nine situation what were the wrong moves like a post-mortem of the cloud nine eu thing oh i think that like when you consider what it was what it was made out to be it didn't hit as hard with the name value like i think like when you start off and it's like okay alex form of in-game leader of vitality was there with zywu has been to the top of the charts you know is he going to be able to replicate it without the best player in the world right like that that was that's a headline there but it's a big name it's name value then Woxic as well was was name value as well. It obviously didn't work out in the team. That's why it wasn't there. We don't know what went on. We don't know why that happened. All, all we know is that it did happen. And the same thing with Kassad, right? Those three right there are the biggest the, the biggest signings for it. And those three right there on paper, if you just looked at their merit and what they had achieved in Counter-Strike and where they were, that seems all pretty good. But I don't I don't think that then when you think about Mezzi, like Stiga said, it was he he worked out pretty well towards the tail end. There he was having some great games for the team uh, and, and consistent performances. Uh, I think Zeppa looks bloody handy as well as an entry fragger. And then Floppy had what a couple one v fives. Like you know he's shown that these guys are getting the experience to play 
overseas Counter-Strike that they didn't have to the same level in North America. So the parts for what they were, if we looked at it like that, stack up. But the team didn't bang. So is it missing missing more star value, missing more established names to kick off? Or was it they should have just gone if they wanted a top 10 team in the world straight away, invest more money and see if you can buy one of the names that were there at the time. To be fair, uh, it's changed a lot in the last four months if you take a, if you take a look at the, the constellation of the top teams. So if you took a punt on one of the teams that was there, then maybe you end up with a fucking stinker. There's no way to guarantee, right, like where it would have ended up. But I, I don't know. I mean, I'd kind of... I mean, obviously, it's kind of oversimplifying things, but I definitely put the blame on generally how this team was put together because, like, very quickly two of those members went out, right? We saw yeah. how quickly uh, Moxic was out. We saw how quickly Kassad was out. Are we sure that like that was not predictable? Because with the Alex Alex and the Kassad issue, they had a long time to figure out whether they were compatible or not. And that's kind of what the issue was in the end, right? Sure. So that's one thing that I would kind of expect them to do better research on or maybe figure out like before all the signings are announced that maybe this is actually not the best fit. And with Woxic, you know, it sounded like the same issue that kind of cost him a spot in most sports that he got kicked eventually. And so really, was that was that not predictable to uh, to, to see him potentially, you know, getting back to the same issues as as whatever it was that cost him a spot in most sports? So there's definitely there were definitely some. Uh, Mouse did some good PR though, right? Like after yeah, the whole Woxic yeah. situation happened, like immediately it was like it was the, the first thing off the presses was Woxic hard to work with. That was like the first thing off the presses when yeah. the whole mouse sports thing happened. And then they quickly came out like, no, Woxic's one of the best teammates we've ever played with. We got to sell him. So let's keep the bot like, like, yeah. no, but like seriously, like that's that if you're if your boss comes and says, hey, guys, can you not like slander a player that we have on a bench that we're trying to sell and we'll keep it like pretty cool out there? Like, I, I don't know the guy. I've never played with him. So I, but, I, I mean, people will still. People still figure it out behind the scenes, even if they don't say it publicly. Like Henry is going to go out and ask whatever six former teammates what the problem was, why he got kicked, and stuff like that. There, he's going to find out if he wants to, right? And so, I guess he thought it was fixable, or maybe it's not the same issue. And I'm just simplifying things. And it's, but whatever. It sounded definitely sounded like the same thing that kind of happened to him in most sports, right? And so, it's it's something that I would actually put the blame on 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 Henry in this case. Okay. So is it setting the expectation too high out the gates, you think? Because that seems that, that to be one of the things that has plagued uh, Cloud9 this entire time. Yeah, that's that's for sure. Just because, you know, like very few teams get put together and win their first event, you know, and that was kind of the plan with Flashpoint and Cloud9. And obviously Cloud9 didn't even come close to winning that event. They they went out even like in the was that group last? stage or something like that. Yeah, I think they were, they were like 11 to 12 in that. Um, and so... Like putting that sort of an ex of course they had a bad group there, but still putting that sort of an expectation on an entirely new team is very unrealistic. Like I kind of bought into it just because of the like all the hype that like this is a different different approach we haven't really seen before. But there's a reason we we don't really see people doing this. Like new rosters just don't do that well off the bat unless it's like some superstar team, you know, that just has so much power that they will just wreck everybody on on skill alone, which this just wasn't right. And so that's definitely uh, uh, something that I would also yeah, uh, look at. I guess one of the things that when he was going into it, he thought probably that this was going to be a different lineup as like when the initial announcements were made, like yeah, just yeah. Alex, he he didn't know who the last players were going to be. And then there were a, a bunch of names floating around. 
and potentially that could have been that kind of a lineup because the Nico Hunter thing was right. was confirmed. That was that was in talks, didn't happen. If it did happen, like with Nico and Hunter, you definitely win Flashpoint, the Flashpoint season. I think that's impossible. Maybe not, not I mean, impossible you'd go with far like for sure, yeah. and Surely. some of these, but like from the Flashpoint teams, you beat all of the Flashpoint teams, right? I just want to ask like Sticko here, how would you feel with that kind of a hype? Not like hype, but like the expectations put around the team and it's a new team. Would that like put pressure on you? Because I think like in hindsight, it's easy to say that Henry G fucked up with that, like putting too much pressure on the team. But not every team would falter under that. I don't think all of the like every player would would really feel it and seem like the, these guys did to a to a degree. So what do you think, Sticko, about that whole thing? Yeah, I'm honestly kind of hyped whenever something new uh, occurs in my life. Uh, in general, when I'm invited to the project, if I would be invited, let's say for FPX, and I did sign for FPX, there was I could feel for the first one and a half month or or even more, just general mood boost in the team speak. Like you could know that these people were motivated. They wanted to get on the server first. You you wanted to make it first to the server and run around, fly around and test the nades before the scrim session actually starts. So you want, you have that drive, you want to do it. If, if I would sign for Cloud9 back then in whatever, September, October, whenever they, they announced the full lineup, I, I can tell you that me alone just by signing that paper would be motivated enough that i'm gonna tell to henry i'm gonna i'm gonna sit with henry and i'm gonna tell you uh, tell him that henry we're gonna win this fucking flashpoint no matter what this is my drive and if he puts a tweet out saying that i got bought out for this amount of money i'm getting this amount of money through the contract whatever it's just a non-factor for me but I'm pretty okay with filtering these things out. And I can understand that some players would feel pressured, especially not even from the online community, but the, the friends community that you, you can't just filter out. There's going to be like, if my, I don't know, parents or friends saw the figures that are stated in a Henry G tweet, they would be calling me immediately. My phone would explode. But that that I can't ignore. What I can ignore is exploding my my Twitter notification. I just turned it off and ignored that. But I have to explain to people. So maybe that would put pressure on me. That actually real life people that I meet and I and I speak with, they would have expectation, and um, that would kind of uh, fuck my balance up. But uh, looking at that, it would no matter what. I would be in this honeymoon period that I'm. Uh, I'm really hyped up to join the server. I want to practice as much as I can. I want to make as many mistakes in scrim as possible. And then after that, we have a two-hour session where we just fix those little things, tweaks and angles, little pixel perfect smokes, whatever. Whatever you know, you have the drive and you want to find everything to maximize your potential. Yeah. Do, do we with with that question that was just asked there about like because you, you're talking about social media turn your 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 notifications off and all that kind of shit and the and the pressure of all that I, I wouldn't mind well let's try and draw, draw this in with the cloud nine situation I'll save this one for later in the show do do we think that do we think that the situation that Henry did right I know the the contracts uh, amounts and stuff all that stuff that he made public there from our standpoint like this is less of a Stico standpoint this is more like a prof striker myself standpoint. Do we think that right there was, in hindsight, looking back at it, obviously it copped a lot of shit, right? It's like now he's walking around the streets with a with a target on him. But do we think that move was was a good or a bad move at the time? Is that information that 
we should have available? Like, how do we? Because I know we've discussed it before, but now reflecting on it, do we still think it's good? Because it hasn't. Not like a lot of other teams have done that since. Already, I, 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 I'm still behind it. Okay. I still think it's it's very interesting and it brought a new dimension to like talking about the team, uh, especially in terms of like player salary to player performance and then comparing players. Of course, you still have roles and stuff like that, but it. I'm drilling at like 9 p.m. Maybe that, that's reasonable. It's Tuesday night. Yeah, uh, I think that that added a new dimension, and it's hard to see anyone else doing it still, especially because how this Cloud9 situation ended up, and people are just like, okay, Cloud9 failed, and they did this, so no one else is going to do that probably. Uh, but I don't think that putting out the numbers is that big of a I don't think that was that big of an issue for the team overall. I don't think that was the source of the pressure as much as just like what was said about the team and how this team was presented as this like next next big thing, right? So do, but would you consider and and maybe this is open to everybody, the once that's made public and then the results aren't good, right? Like the results they're not up to like a top 10 team in the world level results. All that information is is public now, which is a source for community chit chat, right? Like that becomes instead of people just going, "Man, this Cloud Nine roster, you know, doesn't look great." Like eh, they're not doing. Like there's now a whole arsenal in a way that people can justify stuff. And do we think that that had any impact on the on the team being shut down, or the community had no role whatsoever? I don't think the community had had a big role in, or like a minority maybe role in in the whole thing. Because that's but, what the hardcore, right? Like the hardcore fans or the people listening and watching this show, right, would read all the Reddit comments, see all the overall, hatred. It wasn't. It wasn't like the, the the team was that expensive overall. It was the a couple of buyouts and a couple of salaries. Not like completely out of like out of question, crazy salaries overall. It's like Esetai primarily, especially for what he was and what he is as a player. Not like an insane star player, a great player, but not probably what they needed at the time. Probably not the value yeah. considering. And and yeah, I guess it's just the issue that they also kind of went out with this like, oh, we'll buy everything. We are so cool. We can spend money attitude. And then later it's like, oh, don't attack us for spending money. Like this is your whole thing. Sure. Like you went into, went into the casino with like, just like going around bills. And now it's like, oh, don't attack us for, for being like, we wanted to build like bring consistency and I don't know whatever fuck to 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 CS when you weren't doing that. You were just buying the best team that you could buy, and it ended up being okay. Sure, I guess so it's the old adage though: you uh, you make your bed, you you lie in it, right? Yeah. Right, so I fucked that one up, but it was close enough. I think we all get the sentiment. Um, Enough have, Cloud Nine, I think. Yeah, I was gonna say, do we have? Do we want any more Cloud Nine? Just one thing, I. Don't remember if somebody said this or if I went through it myself, actually. Okay. But I, I think what it amounted to in the end with like the presumed buyouts that kind of people thought were going to be realistic around the, when, when those players were signed and with the salaries in place, this team only up to this point has already cost the organization something like $2 million. I'm just going to say that's like whatever for five months that they have been it's playing together. It still cost them that amount of money. $2 million for, for about a five-month, six-month roster. But I don't remember exactly how long. Um, it was like September, mid-September that they had the first players. So that's still quite a big investment for um, for a team, you know. 
Well, they also like if you consider that same year, right? They invested into Flashpoint. So in the year of twenty twenty, was it? Is it two million? Was it a million? What was it? It was two million, two. but also wasn't wasn't it said that Cloud Nine was going to bankroll additional costs for Flashpoint if necessary? But probably there weren't additional costs at this point. Okay, so I we could know. go four million. Yeah. Okay, so that right there, I think that probably sums it all up. It wasn't a great year for Cloud Nine in twenty twenty. And it won't be a great year for uh, Cloud9 in 2021. We'll see if and when they return from the hiatus. But let's keep it rolling. You can uh, breathe now, Sponge. Yeah, it's it's hard, man. You can relax. It, it's hard out here. Uh, we got MIPR uh, expanding their roster. Now, let's give a quick, quick little uh, summary because I don't know how much we talk about MIPR on the show. I don't think it's a lot. Uh, this is not the roster that you all remember. This is the new boys. This is Boom plus Danoko, and now uh, a kid called Exit. Does anybody want to put their hand up and say, "I know Exit. I watched him play. He's good." Anyone? Okay, Prof. He was, he was decent back at the at the minor, uh, America's minor for Star, Star Ladder. Uh, they played there with like Leo Drunky, and that was the that was the lineup. Knack and those guys. Uh, decent player. Uh, I'd say one of their. But I think him and Leo were the best players in that period of time and probably he's still pretty good from from the stats that i see obviously ha haven't been watching him uh recently but seems like a solid prospect all in all uh has been with sharks for four years which is fucking crazy so do crazy. we think do we think that godsend got all the the new good players sorry as i move my mug do we think that they got all the the new up-and-coming brazilians and they and now mipr is kind of scrambling yeah but exit isn't like He's he's a pretty solid one. I wouldn't say like he's like some trash tier pick uh, for okay. MIPR. Like people that know Brazil better than me, have, like he was one of the potential picks for MIBR's fifth even before uh, when when they needed to replace Phelps, right? Okay. So. I I think right there uh, with this MIBR news, Sticker, you play them at all in practice without this new kid yet? As I said, we didn't practice that much lately. Okay. So uh, I remember practicing MIPR though, uh, but it was without exit. I can tell that. But by the way, Apoka is on the coach, and uh, is he still banned or? He's still. I think he's unbanned now. Okay. I think he's unbanned because I saw. Yeah, he was but they also have Mac. Mac is also there as their like second coach. Yeah. Right. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah, but I don't know about exit to be honest. I have. I haven't seen a single demo of his, and I probably I can't remember a match I've seen with him. And uh, I probably did. I just didn't pay attention to it. So, yeah. there's, tough there's luck. Probably not a lot we have on this little bit of news here. No, this is what we're saying about. But I guess the it's slow like news week. MIBR operating their role. The sixth man. Yeah. yeah, I think he's gonna be like the fifth, and then Oko is gonna be the sixth. I think that's that's the direction that it's moving. They had like a video where they were talking about it. It weren't really concrete, but that seems to be the, the direction, right? Mm -hmm. Well, it'd be interesting to see what happens there. Obviously, they're having a mixed bag of results at the moment. I don't know how long they're planning on staying in Europe. Um, do they have the showdown? Do they qualify for the showdown? I guess if you lose and you're a partner team, right? Yeah, you're in the yeah that's the that's... next team, though. Yes, well. Here we go. Uh, this is a fun one for everybody who the Danish Counter-Strike fans out there. This is the, um, I don't know what we could label them. I'm sure we could come up with a fun trio of, an, of a name for these boys. Maybe but... like, maybe something like South. South? Inverse of North. Okay, well, that's, you, that's a bit too easy. I feel like you're... Uh, they officially you're don't have a name. Them. They're officially a team, but they don't have a name. So, okay. so now they're South. 
I saw it was interesting that there was a whole news article when they, they did they even have pl- other players behind this? It's Gade, AZ, and Kirby have teamed up here. That was a yeah. trio that was together over there for North for a period of time. And AZ is apparently Orping. Do we yeah. know anything else other than that? Borup and who's the fifth? And the Fessor. Fessor, yeah. There's hype around that Fessor kid, though, right? I don't know him, but yeah, I've heard, there's I've some, heard there people is some talking hype. about it. Sticker, around you, the water you know? cooler. Um, Honestly, I think we practiced them once. Uh, these guys, actually, when they established the roster, I was like, wait, who the fuck is joining the server? Because we didn't know it, right? And uh, they they were playing against us, and they were pretty good. And I think AZ did op, actually. Yeah, I think okay. he did. Um, it was, I'm not going to reveal anything. I mean, it was just basic scrim. But uh, in general, they were hitting pretty good shots. I think, I think they could be good. But uh, on the paper, I wouldn't. I wouldn't look into the roster that much, but uh, it depends what they actually make in, in inside of the qualifiers because they're gonna have a really big trouble getting into tournaments with no organization, no spots bought for for the for the for the team, and they will have to fight through the this you know best of one hell open qualifiers, which okay. I think on the paper there are better teams attending those. Okay, but, you know, anything can happen. So let's let's look at this uh, from a couple of different ways here, Striker. Obviously, interesting interesting roster, and uh, Stiko's just said that he thinks they they could be all right. But do you think that is the the biggest issue as well, the hurdle of an organization, especially considering it's a Danish team where we've just seen North uh, somewhat I want to say scorned. I don't know if scorned is the right one, but they they didn't have success in CS:GO and now they're no right. longer in esports, right? Like, do you think that's going to hurt a, a squad like this? Uh, I mean, it depends. I don't. I'm not sure who's looking at this point, right? So I'm not, not entirely sure if they're going to be able to find an organization or not, but it's certainly an issue in these in these times where, like Stego said, a lot of these a lot of these spots are decided by, you know, with like partner teams and stuff like that uh, in ESL circuit and in Blast and then obviously in Flashpoint, whatever. Rest in peace or I don't know. Yeah, we don't um, know what's going on. Exactly. There, right? There's rumors of them holding a, an RMR event, right? Yeah. Is there? I Flashpoint, yeah. Apparently. Oh, okay. Fair enough, but that completely um, goes against the whole partner situation, right? Because we can't do that. Yeah, for major they can't. Stuff, so. They can't do that for for the RMR event. There's like very specific curious, rules that they have to follow. Curious uh, how they fund that, right? Like, I know I'm going off on a tangent here, but yeah, I'm just in general just looking at the roster. Like, this is pretty much North 2.0, right? Just without without uh, a, a very set in game leader. Obviously, gating game led before, but you know it wasn't a massive success or anything like that. And is the individual talent really that much better than the previous North roster? I don't really think so. Uh, like. You don't have MSL, so maybe you can have some like upgrade in there in terms of uh, in terms of uh, individuals. But still, it doesn't really inspire too much confidence in me compared to the old rost- old old North roster. Sure, uh, Prof. We got anything on this more, or I think we move Here on. Be, it's interesting. Here yeah. is age. Okay. Fast. Someone guess it. Uh, twenty-two. Yep. Yeah, that is that is correct. He's still only twenty-two. That's fucking insane. And he's already been a major uh, MVP, and he's yeah. already washed up. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> long <laughs> okay, but listen, when I look at this lineup, uh, this is maybe a team that eventually we spoke about S attack. He might land on the team. I'm not sure about roles, but this is one of the opportunities maybe for S attack as well. Okay, if he comes back to Denmark. The the hard thing here is like AZ Kirby and Gade. I'm going to take a pretty fair stab in the dark that their last two years of Counter-Strike, they were getting paid a lot of money. Um, whereas now they're going to have to go back and do it like you did it with no chance. Right. Right. Yeah. 
Now, we're about to see how much of that Counter-Strike fire that we were talking about is with this team. Because this is not going to be, hey, we're together, and I was a major, uh, I was a major MVP Four years five ago. years ago. Um, like, oh yeah, I was pretty good too, but we 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 kind of did all right and sponsor us, right? Like, pay, like they're going to have to show the results. So we're about to see if these guys have the stagoods to stick it out, because otherwise, they're going to find themselves quickly having to do something else, right? Because once you're used to a certain amount of money coming into your bank account on a monthly basis. And you live in a pretty expensive country like Denmark. I think they're hoping. Well, I would be if I was them, hoping for a quick turnaround. And I think a lot of these issues that have been highlighted are ones that are going to plague them. They're going to have to go play in in Lucas's bloody league. Lucas, you're going to see these boys in your league soon, right? Is he here? Are, are here. they even good enough for that? Well, well, <laughs> they're definitely good enough for that. But can like, they beat Australia's talent? I'm not but, sure. but that's my point. That's my point is they're going to have to start with stuff like that because where else are you going to go at the moment? You can go into these open qualifiers. We, we, you spoke about the best of one situations with the Blast. Even if they end up in those qualifiers, sure, maybe you can jag, you know, getting through to the next stage of the next stage of the next stage. But it, right now, everything seems like it's under the belts and bridge, uh, belt, belt and braces. Belt and yeah, that's the one. I don't know, man. They're just words. They go together sometimes. What I'm saying is, this is not a project that just because they've come together is going to get a lot of hype around. Like the, this well, is a team I mean, they that could has get to... some. They could get a few local hype. Yeah, a uh, few invites, like based on their stances north, right? Previously, just because it's still some names that people recognize quite well, and it was still a team that was something like somewhere around the top thirty, right? Uh, before they um, they got booted out of north. So it's not like this is an entirely irrelevant team that could could not get any sort of traction anywhere. Like some of these, whatever, Snow like Sweet a, Snow. What? Yeah, regionals, that's what I wanted to yeah, say. Yeah, exactly. Like Snow Sweet Snow, that's 9 to 5, these kind of tournaments, or like the qualifiers for these. And that's already like the next, like a step up over like you, um, open qualifiers, right? Yeah. So it's not like they're going to have like the hardest, super hardest time. They still have some recognizable names uh, that can hold a lot of value. So... It's not, they're not going to have to start completely from scratch, I think. It just almost feels impossible, like these days, to be a, a top tier team competing consistently without being either like a pro league partner team, a blast partner team, or right. was a flashball partner yeah. team. Like it's the, right now, it doesn't feel like there's enough room at the top unless you do it the hard way. I mean, so, to be honest, to be to be one of those teams, you essentially have to be like a top 20 team unless you're like, you know, an NMIBR who literally just got a new team and are still partnered with Flashpoint and stuff like that. But the same it's, thing happened with Cloud9, right? They put the team yeah. together, they got a bunch of points that they and they got put into events where they probably shouldn't have been. Like they, they got to play in Pro League. Right, exactly. And that was off of, I thought like points that like were carried over from Essatag, yeah. from those guys, right? Like Yeah, but we can't, we can't really look at like you know, the only value being like a top 20 team, right? Just um, like there's a lot of team below them below them that kind of still participate in a lot of these relevant tournaments, you know, and that's probably where these guys fit in. Like the top 20 is kind of reserved for, for a lot of these partner teams at this point. Sure. Okay. Well, uh... unless you've obviously you can still break through, like, you know, just do a really big, big uh, run on one tournament and you're still going to be able to, to go past them, but, you know, consistently. Yeah, cash talking cups. about. There you go. Big yeah, there you go. There's uh, cash cups top fifteen on ESPN. <laughs> that helps. Oh, you know. like, uh, bad news bears, and who's the other one? Extra salt. But extra salt are coming over soon, right? Like that's yeah, extra salt yeah, more like all, everything almost in an A. So that's like fairly legit. I'm not saying they're like thirteenth or whatever, but like okay, they want everything. But bad news bears being like fifth number fifteen above 
EG, FBX, Mouseports, all of these themes, like that's that's kind of hilarious. Yeah, they fucked the numbers there. I think they're probably gonna have to take a look at that. That's uh, so. that definitely needs to go through the algorithm a couple more times. Cause yeah. All right. Uh let's talk about OG and then we'll get into the EPL stuff. I mean, we'll do we actually have to talk about OG? Not but, really. Yeah, we can yeah, just move it. on to EPL. Let's go into EPL. All right. I got some links for this one. Let me sit up straight. What's the deal with OG? What we were supposed and to do? And there was just like the Mihu report. Oh, yeah. Wait till it gets okay. confirmed. Yeah. This is, by the way, this is by the way, one quick story about the OG. So we were playing against them in the scrim and uh they were playing with a new fifth player and he was using a fake account. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we didn't know who it was. So we investigated <laughs> and we found out that it probably is Michu. Like Madden said after Prague, like a few hours after Prague, guys, it has to be a Michu. I can't think of any other player that, first of all, in Prague, he used P2K instead of USB. That was a big tell. <laughs> and then we copied his crosshair and we were going through the players. <laughs> and he, Miku had a really similar crosshair to the guy. I, I and that's when we figured out okay it has to be him well that's okay. it that that, I have to get, that is as close as you but get to being yeah. but confirmed, i mean right? from what i know is that they have been practicing together the only thing that we don't know is if they're gonna maybe practice with someone else and try out someone else before signing because it's, it's not like they have the papers sent over to poland and it's just a matter of time they're still thinking about what's going on. So I'm pretty sure it probably was, but I'm just, I'm just gonna, investigation. I'm just going to say, take it with a grain of salt because it was, as I said, Smurf account. And sometimes when I play on a Smurf, I forget to equip USB over P2K. So that might be completely invalid. And the crosshair is fakeable. Like it is fakeable. So good player would fake it and connect with a different one with a crosshair, but then change it mid to game and then it that's a lot of work just to hide like fucking... I mean they did uh, they did the work with a fake account. So yeah. already they they want to put some work in. So okay Bloody I'm just gonna... hell. no that's fair enough. And but to be fair OG... <laughs> more than Faze ever did. <laughs> <laughs> OG uh OG have to play in about what is it 13 days time something like that. Uh so we'll, I guess we'll know their roster soon. Probably not for next show. So we'll be able to bring it up then. Uh, what do we got next? We're going into the EPL stuff. This is right. I was grabbing the, the link. I was getting the link. Lucas, whack this one up for everybody at home. Uh, group D, if you guys missed it, just concluded. We've just concluded all the groups for EPL. Uh, we're going to bring up on screen for everybody playing at home the groups. So just scrolling down to those, Lucas, we'll focus in on group D. Uh, Astralis ended up topping the group. Uh, Liquid came in second, BP in third, and then below that, Endpoint, Fnatic, and EG. Um, so there's obviously a lot to dig into here, but this one felt like it had a pretty clear top three with with maybe some dark horse or upset potential coming out of the likes of, say, a Fnatic if they'd been in the labs or maybe the same for EG. Uh, that didn't happen. So Astralis Liquid VP all been through. Just business as usual, Prof? Um, yes, I guess. Uh, we we're talking about, I was reading chat, so I was no, that's reading right. <laughs> Basically, what I'm saying I feel is like, I feel like in school, you know, when it's like, okay, what do you have to say on about this question, young man in the back? I'm um, like, mm, uh, yes, yeah, yeah, that, that, that's it. You've been called out looking at no, your No, but you were phone, saying right? like the top three are as expected, right? Yeah, and uh, like, is there any, like, any anomalies there? Because this te these teams we got, they're the ones we expected, right? Yeah. The biggest anomaly was probably like EG beating Astralis and then doing nothing after that. I think that's the biggest anomaly. Fnatic kind of going out, that's not that big of a surprise. Endpoint winning a couple, that's also something we kind of expected could happen. Uh, just to pick up a couple of upsets, but not get out of the group. So overall, it seems pretty much as expected. 
Yeah, I, I think I think when we take a take a look at what we got from a lot of these teams, um, Astralis actually looking. I don't want to say. I don't want to say. Uh, no, they they look they look like they're invested in this, right? That seems strange to say, but they're all boot camping. I think that's one of the takeaways. Is this is the first time in some time that we've seen all of the Astralis players together in in the in the facility. Liquid are obviously doing the same. Virtus Pro from home. Fnatic were in the facility. EG were all together because they're back in Europe, right? Um, so so we had quite a few teams, and it was was probably the most exciting group we've we've had. Striker, right? We had all the comebacks. We had a lot of good Counter Strike. Does this feel like the Astralis that's getting back on track? Like is 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 that your takeaway, or do you think that they're they're still looking like they're they're mortal and not the same team that we all remember? I mean, they definitely look mortal just because like the the three times or something that device had to bail them out of a of a pretty big loss. That was uh that's all uh, that's one thing that I was definitely uh, trying to keep track of. Um, they might have lost to Liquid if uh, if he didn't pull that out. And then in this last uh, match against. Fnatic. It was yeah, Fnatic on train. That was, was another crazy. like massive fucking performance. That if he wasn't there, like they would have definitely lose at least the first map. Might have lost the first place off um, after that. So um, without him, they would probably wouldn't have been first in this group. And so they definitely look mortal still. Um, but that's definitely some more good signs that um, they're not. You know, compared to the start of the year, they're doing well in pistols again. Like it's not like the horrible fucking start that they had in blast. And so, uh, definitely looking a bit more like the old Astralis. Dika, there's there's still no Bubski in this team, though. So, what do you make of that situation? Well, I don't like this. I like Bubski, so I don't like that he's not on the roster. I mean, I have no problem with anyone on Astralis, but I really want him to, you know, get on the server and show what he's made of. But um, it's tough there, and I don't know the politics behind it. I it would be bold of me to assume things, and I don't want to any assumption to, you know. Uh, twist my mind here so i'm just gonna say that it's just pity didn't didn't he say something recently prof strike i'll get one of you two to yep. confirm off this that he was going to be playing multiple maps in like a tweet i don't know how long ago it was why do it was i, a, why do it I was an like interview I with that? us actually okay it there was, we go it was our, that wasn't that wasn't doing it but i did like the article about it but essentially yeah um he said something along those lines yeah that uh, that like the plan needed to change just because of these rmr events you know not, not allowing them to swap players for maps so he said he can play multiple maps um i what i took away from it is that they're going to use him for like entire events at some point or at least that that the what that's what the plan was okay. i don't know if that's changed since then or or anything because obviously we still haven't seen him play since then um but i imagine that's that's the plan maybe like when there's a smaller event that rolls around uh maybe astros are just going to use him and seeing see how that works out uh, possibly instead of Zipex, or I don't know, but in, instead of who, it's hard to say. But considering he played instead of Zipex on Nuke, I, I'd imagine that's what the plan would be. Um, yeah, that's the only thing that I can take away from that, that there's a chance that they will just use him for whole events and not like for subs in, in certain maps. Sure. Uh, Prof, do you think this is likely? Do you think we see him again in the Australian? Yeah, maybe like, maybe like for a Dream Pack Master Spring or something like that. I'm just okay. looking at their, at their upcoming events. They have the blast uh, showdown coming up next so i don't know maybe he plays that i don't know how much they put into that event and qualifying for the blast like finals uh so maybe not for that but i guess streamhack master springs isn't their like priority event uh not compared to esl pro league i think I, i'd say pro league is on a higher higher level so maybe maybe that's the plan that that could make sense sure all right um... uh, the only thing that i that, that i want to say about this is that 
it just doesn't fit, right? Like if he comes in, it's not going to be instead of Dupree because Dupree's actually been playing super well mm-hmm. um, this this whole year so far. It's obviously not going to be instead of Device or Glaive. Like there's an in-game leader and an upper. So it has to be one of the one of the other two. It has to be either Magisk or or, or S-Attack. Magisk maybe would make a little bit more sense than S-Attack now that I'm thinking about it. Zipex? Just, uh, instead of a Zipex. I don't know why it's a Zipex. No, no, it's okay. It happens all the time, dude. My brain's right. fucked like that too. Don't worry. I think, I think instead of Magisk would make sense um, not for for um, Zipex just because of the the uh, the style nice different style, right? because yeah. it's in like Zipex and Boopski are miles apart, right? While with with uh with Magisk, I think it's a little bit closer to each other. And also Magisk Magisk has still been kind of struggling with this form. So um there's uh that's probably where they're looking at now that I'm thinking about it a little bit more. All right. Well we'll keep the the wait and see notice out on that whole situation. But we've got them uh we'll assess the bracket later. So we're gonna talk too much about that. But they came top of the group. Uh liquid takeaways. Um they looked good. Like I know, I I, I say that kind of surprisingly, but like I I still wasn't sure what to make of this team. Right, this is their third or I guess fourth, if you consider the DreamHack Open event that they played, where Fallen was playing from Europe, right, for their outing. But yep. like they're they're actually looking like it makes sense. Um, in the server here, it doesn't they they feel like they have everything they need now. They have a the in-game leader Orpa thing completely covered. The roles are now making a lot of sense. It, it, Elise is now back to that consistent form. We're getting a bit more out of NAF here, there and everywhere. Uh, do, do we think that this team is is going to go down the liquid uh, lineage and, and become a, a top dog here? Uh, Stiko, do you think this is going to be like a, a top three team in the world consistently? What do you make of them? Um, I definitely think that Fallon, Fallon taking over IGL do this insane help for the team I, I really like how they play and how they just develop themselves instantly when they, they're very productive it, it seems like they're fixing their mistake on the fly as well as uh, between the games very fast uh, they they know the idea how to play and it also helps that Alicia is in monster form right now and he's he was carrying like for example this VP game at like plus 13 two maps um, <clears throat> the the overall thing, if I feel like they can hit top three, I don't think right now there's a there's a space in top three among Australis, Navi, and uh, maybe VP or even I think Vitality could even have a good matchup against Liquid. So I think Liquid will always struggle against these teams. I'm not sure about Gambit, but in general the CIS and NA, it's a wild battle. So uh, I'm just gonna say that top three is probably unrealistic coming coming here, especially if if Leash will be only one in form. They will need definitely at least one heavy hitter to start uh, getting consistent numbers uh, throughout the throughout the tournaments. If it uh, will be Nav, if it will be Fallen with an orb, if it will be Grim, I don't know. But uh, Leash putting consistent numbers isn't enough for top three. It feels like. Sure, but you I mean, need... to be to yeah. be fair, Fallen was looking a lot better in these past couple of events. Definitely, it's definitely improved. And also, the one part that I think was the main difference on, uh, in Pro League especially was Stewie. Because mm-hmm. he had a bunch yeah. of games where he was super consistent and he was just actually doing his job pretty really well. Um, and while Elige was just doing his things and Fallen was actually consistent too, I think apart that, I think only in the last game against VP, Fallen wasn't really there. But apart from that, I think he had really good performances in every other series. And so, like, if this if this is the liquid that we can expect into the future, then the firepower is definitely not a problem anymore. Okay. Uh, Prof, you got anything on, on liquid or we want to jump into VP? Oh, no, I think you covered, like, most of the things that were my observations. 
VP, I don't know about everybody else. There were some moments there that started to look a little bit worrying. Um, I casted a lot of their games that they have these massive leads or, or decent leads. We won't even go as far as massive. And then um, started to fall apart. And, and It was 14 fours, man. Twice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Pretty massive. <laughs> well, look, uh, I guess we can. Uh, yeah, you're right. It was massive. Yeah. What am I talking about? It, they, they, they capitulated in a lot of scenarios, right? And we were curious if the mental uh the mentals there for this team because if you look at the Katowice grand final they dipped off against a domestic opponent it's not like they were in a grand final against Australis, right they weren't they weren't going up against one of the teams who are super comfortable in a grand final environment they're going up against a team that domestically they know one that they probably would consider themselves you know more experienced better than all of those things right against gamba and then coming in here and then having like these results where they should be closing matches and then unable to do so after yakinda gets off to these flying starts where he has fucking 20 kills in the first like eight rounds of play or some gnarly that shit like that. was fucking crazy by what was the way. he doing dude like he was everywhere that round where he pushed banana pushes all the way down <laughs> yeah. gets the kill with the mp9 and then rotates all the way back down and pushes apartments and gets two more i'm like dude can you just give him a fucking break like he was mauling them right but th this is the thing the team still struggled to close so what are they what are they what are they missing like are they missing a cheerleader are they missing that guy to stand up and win clutches what what what's missing here because yakinda can get them off to flying starts he can open them up a lot of rounds but it feels like if he's not getting a kill or two that then occasionally obviously it's not consistently they seem to not be as threatening and like what was this team before this team before was the firepower through kick it buster and jame right the jame time meme uh, Sanji fucking dropping orbs and Adren occasionally doing something, right? Like he wasn't a star player in that roster. Now they have a firepower upgrade, but in late game situations, maybe it feels like they lack initiative. I don't know. Do they lack a closer? Do they lack somebody to make the... Is Jame not experienced enough as a caller to make the, the calls to just close the match out? Do they have the wrong approach for doing that? Like, I feel that there has to be a problem there because it happened to them multiple times, right? Yeah. I mean, if anything... If anything, yeah. initiative is not the problem just because Ikindar has fucking loads of it. Like he's he's always going to be somewhere in front taking initiative. So it's more that maybe they just need to put a put on the brake at some points just because like Ikindar is kind of like art, except just a lot better in that like he can he can win rounds on his own, but he can also kind of lose them on his on his own just because he's sure. super somewhere off to the side, you know, doing something on his own, and he's gonna die without any sort of support. That's a lot of the time. Or he's just going to kill two people without any sort of support. That's kind of the player he is, right? It just works for him more often than not. But, you know, when it doesn't, it's kind of noticeable just because he dies first. And that's a pretty big, impactful thing to have for the other side. So that's maybe something that they need to now keep an eye on a little bit more. Just, you know, tell him to 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 chill a bit. Now get as, uh, as like, quote-unquote predictable and just be in front of, all the time. But it's obviously, like, he got them there. Then you're you're just going to get both of these sides to him just because that's the kind of a player he is, right? So you kind of have to work around it now. Sure. Stika, do you think it's that simple that like that it's it's Yakinda maybe giving away too many opportunities late? Or do you uh, think there's bigger problems? Uh, so for for closing in general, I remember in my previous team we had a problem with this. And for example, there could be things that we cannot see or hear, and that's no. common. So people get overhyped, they overcome, they get ideas flowing and they can't decide what to actually do within the round. That's one thing. And then the second thing is when you're down 4-14 and you're playing, let's say, a CT side, you're gonna play unconventional CS. Like you're not you're gonna do stuff that you're like, if I if I just play default and it even works, it's not going to work for the upcoming 
15 rounds or whatever. So we have to play a little bit loose, maybe tilt them a little bit, maybe use a one way that will, you know, make them scared to go to that side anymore. And they use these gimmicks to, you know, shift the pace towards where they want it. 14 is a lead that is very hard to come back from. But you can't do that if you're playing proper Counter-Strike and you're just playing crossfires and flash plays and whatever. You have to play a little bit of a you know gimmicky style that is annoying to play against. And maybe VP struggles against this. That's why they cannot close it. Because it's not Yekindar in an initiative doing a play. It's actually the CT pushing Yekindar back at him. And there he's forced to a duels, which he's not maybe comfortable in. He's losing that. Eventually, they have to play 4v5 and they save a lot because Jamie is on the team. So it all kind of, you know, snowballs into this kind of thing where suddenly it's not 4-14, it's 10-14 and you're on the eco or a force buy. And then you miraculously win that one and <laughs> VP suddenly wins the game anyway. So, okay. But uh, but it, from this point of view, it's 4-14 lead. Cities will try to make you, uh, in you know, uh, force duels that are uncomfortable for you, and um, Yekindar might be uh, troubling, you know, in troubles with some of these duels, and it eventually falls flat. All right. I think right. like what he said, just like it's it's more of a general thing than a map related thing or a side related, because like th there's a train game against Stralis, they had 11-4. There's a overpass game against Endpoint where they had a massive lead. They had Inferno against. What is it, EG AG. or something? Yeah. So, and it's different sides, CT side, T side. I think on the CT side, one of the things that VP likes to do is just like overstack and save. And they go for these gambles, especially when they have a big lead, because it's like, oh, we have a lot of rounds, so we can gamble them and we'll eventually close it out. And that can sometimes maybe roll in the in the wrong direction. And the other team just gets the momentum and, and that that's it. And then you have a close game. Like most a lot of them, they actually closed out. Uh, in yeah, the overtime, time. we're 16 14, yeah. but still, it's it's kind of worrying, especially because you can't do that against like the best teams in the world, they will punish you, of course. Yeah, I, I think that it's something that they can probably get out of their system a lot easier in the online era, right? It's not like this uh, pressure, the crowd, like they don't have to flash back all those things. They, I think they'll have a solution for this next because VP always, when they seem to hit a hurdle, seem to find a solution, right? Seem to be able to, to work something out. Um, I want to touch a little bit here on Endpoint and uh, Fnatic before we just jump into to, uh, the EG conversation. I think Endpoint for their first crack, like in the Pro League, they've been trying to get here for a while, didn't do terribly. They didn't come last. Like They looked threatening. They looked like they had some good moments. They also had some average moments. I think Crucial was winning some good clutches. Uh, Flames, which he asked me to call him Flamesy, and then he asked me to call him Flames again. So we're back on Flames. That's <laughs> that's that's it. Um, Classic, he, man. He looked pretty good in moments too. Like... Like even surreal, for example, in some of those maps, like Overpass, he was doing a good job finding symmetric kills. So I think Endpoint for uh, Robin as well looked pretty good. I think like all in all for the group that they were in, what what were we expecting of them, right? So for Endpoint, it's a rough rough group to be in. It's a rough way to go about things, but um, they at least put up a decent show. I think they they're won. happy with the, what they showed overall. I think they showed themselves to the like like showcase, right? Yeah, for to the wider CS world, like okay, these guys are pretty good. They've been on the edge of the top thirty for a year. Uh, pretty frustrating didn't have like a big event now they're going to be playing the the blast showdown as well so i guess cool for them yeah i, I think as well like I, I i didn't i remember watching uh like mighty max and thomas and those kind of guys back when i did like a gfinity elite series thing like fucking 2017 or 2018 something like that 
And I remember he was like pretty young back then. So when I saw him back in the server with this endpoint mob, but I had a look, he's in-game leader in the team as a 23-year-old, like another British in-game leader. We, we've got there. I, I, you know, I was pretty content with what I was seeing in terms of the way the team was approaching the game and stuff. It's not like they're coming in here as like a gimmicky team, right? They're actually trying to play proper Counter-Strike. The problem is they were playing against all the other teams who are really good at the, the proper Counter-Strike, right? So uh, I think they just got a, a rough end of it there. Uh, anyone else got anything I want to say about uh, Endpoint before we quickly just touch on Fnatic? Uh, no. There we Snappers go. Snappers are clearly no. Fnatic, uh, how much trouble are they in, boys? Is this, is this, uh, I saw Khan make make a tweet about the team and, you know, wanting to be you, a, a legacy team in Counter-Strike, all this kind of shit. The team obviously isn't anywhere near that. Um, Jaquinho had some good performances. I think like that's, that is a positive, right? He has that would be one really... positive, I feel like. Yeah. So other than that, Fnatic look like they're fucked. Does anyone else got that feeling? Yep. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah, I mean, they uh, didn't even look competitive in most of their series, like apart from the one that they beat EG in. Like they, they lost all of their series 0-2 and it was convincing every time. So it's that's definitely uh, concerning. They're, they're talking about wanting to do more structure and stuff, right? That and the name Fnatic don't really go hand in hand, but I feel that we're at a point where unless you can play like Furia with art, you can't play a... A sporadic style you have to play the same style as everybody else but have your own tweaks and shit on it so do we think uh, i'll put this one to your direction sticker do we think that this team if they want to go to something a bit more structured um maybe even if they even if even if you could mix up roles let's say that was a possibility too do you see this fanatic roster with these players getting back to a competitive level yeah, for example, for for starter, I want to mention that Jacino. There is a correlation in their uh, the, their results. As soon as Jacino is doing good, they're gonna win that game. Okay. He he. When he did poorly, they were usually losing zero two. So it might be put it, trying to put him into comfort zone. I understand he's a new guy and everything, but uh, I don't understand the dynamic of the team obviously from outside. But just saying that Jacino. Uh, you said he had a good performance against DG, and that was the only good performance he had in the uh, in whole EPL, basically whole group stage. Uh, they won that game. But uh, for the for the things that about structure, um, listen, I've been led by Golden before when I was on the Cloud Nine actually, and uh, <clears throat> I was uh, I was kind of impressed how he's calling. I expected this Swedish style, but still, I, it was way too loose for my liking, and I'm not sure if it changed over time. Or changed, um, you know, in the course of these three years, he used to play on the Swedish team most for the most of the part. If I if I uh, exclude that Cloud9 period, but there was there is generally IGLing in Sweden is conceptual around Lucy style, and the structure will find a way eventually. But as soon as someone is not hitting the shots, it's really hard to win the game. So um, if you have probably only Crims uh, doing pretty good and solid right now on Fnatic, it's going to be really hard for you to bring some numbers in and beat some good teams, even taking maps off of them. Brolan is uh, not having a good tournament or wasn't having a good tournament. He he tweeted that he needs to find himself. I completely understand that. And then the fact that Chikino had only one good game, which they won, uh, it's like too little firepower coming in and... Uh, I, I'm not liking it, and I think they would, they should try to bring structure more into the game. It's just really hard in the nature of the just Swedish Counter Strike to do so. And I remember from my experience when Golden in-game let me, he 
wasn't uh i'm not saying i wanted to push a structure into the team whereas he was kind of you know reactive kind of style when when you make a kill somewhere you have a protocol to take some area instantly you just do it even if you have to go through the smoke you will do it but in the games behind that smoke there's going to be a ct waiting for you and it will kill you and you lose away the advantage so okay yeah, I, I think that like I think that almost gone are those times, right? Because when we talk to Art, we ask him interview questions. It's like about his style, and he's like, you know, there's a plan to the aggression, right? Like they've always got something behind it. Now, whether or not that fits with how everybody else is doing it is a different story. But as long as there's a plan behind it, I know what you're talking about with Fnatic, because when we watch it, like they'll get a kill and then they just go for the gap. That gap's not always going to be there, right? Like that's yeah. yeah. So, it, I think though that if Brolin and Crims, like as those two individuals can be the individuals we know them to be in terms of their output for frags, those are the players who feel like they'd fit and benefit from a system, right? Because they're more like slower, more anchory style, like multi-kill from a from a spot type players. I know Brolin loves to get in there aggressively, uh, but it, it's like they don't feel like they're players who would be hindered by structure. Do you think that, Stiko? Do you think that those individuals would be hindered by structure? I don't think they're hindered by structure. It's it's just very often on Counter Strike that you will play. It's either it will work, and you will get a good games in. But when you're playing official, people are ready. When you're playing practice, you can get away with stuff like pushing smoke or even pushing a molly because people are not 100% focused but even in the in the official game i find myself even clearing the corner that was already cleared if that makes sense okay so you're like extra careful even if you throw the smoke down uh, if you throw a molly down and you he into it in official you're ready that someone made it through with 1 hp bro sure. there is almost zero chance of happening but if he did he's he has to be dead in practice it might work and maybe that's why Fnatic is trying to still bring what works in practice into the game because in practice they they really like to over under opponent because people are like you know uh i'm not saying we we don't care in practice but people are more loosey-goosey you know they they try stuff they they play uh different setups uh, like in uh, not very conventional counter-strike but uh, that will not work in uh, in the games like uh, officials where people uh, are just holding the smokes actively like they're literally waiting for you to peek through the smoke yeah, I feel like that's a, a symptom as well. This online Counter Strike is everybody is a re looks ready for everything. Like that's one of the things that uh, that I think is a little bit different from LAN. It's a lot more reactive, and there's a lot yeah, more. Maybe right. it'll be different when we get back to LAN. Maybe everyone will be like they are now online. Who knows? It's unlikely, but maybe we'll have to wait and see. Um, it's but... also sound cues that comes into play. Like online, you hear every every little sound cue for like quarter of the map. Whereas in LAN, I'm pretty sure if there's Molly burning next to you, then he exploding above you and the guy is running fairly close to you you would not hear him or you would hear him when it's too late whereas in online you i'm i'm in this room it's so silent that i can hear everything uh, on inferno i'm in pit i can hear the guy dropping from second mid you know so these things do matter and in land i'm pretty sure we're going to abuse it again once we hit that uh, sweet spot after pandemic Okay, might get some no. past the counter strike. Yeah, strike. What I'm what I'm getting from this is you can't be all loosey goosey having a sandwich. Right, yeah. Loose. Jesus. All right. Um, it's just a trigger word for you, Matt. It's just because <laughs> I've I've heard that ad for the master class from Daniel Negrano so many times. All right. Let, let's uh let's talk about EG, shall we? Because uh I don't we're gonna wait and see more from Fnatic here, see where they uh, pop their heads up next. But EG they still have a bit more time in Europe, right, Prof? They're going to do this uh, blast showdown thing as well in a in a 
couple weeks time. Yeah, they, they should have uh, also the dream pack, right? Wait, I'm having a look. Where are they in this in this bracket? Uh, are they already through? Uh, no, they did you make it through? They okay, there through. we go. That's where I they have Snow Sweet Snow Three and apparently okay and Fun Spark Ulti Europe Final. Uh, okay, sounds pretty trash, but. The first one has Havu, Fanatic, Mouseports, and the second mm -hmm. has VP, Big, Complexity, Heroic. Heroic, and also Havu, who are now in the top 20. Congratulations to the Finns. Okay, so this EG that we've seen with Obo, they only had very limited practice, was, was what we were hearing uh, with him since they got back. They were putting in a lot of hours. It looked good for a second, and then it, it looked uh, a little bit all over the place, right? So... Where, how are we dissecting this team? Do we think that it has the potential prop? Do we think this team you know, can get back up to where the EG that we know and love from 2019 was? Obviously, that's their peak. Yeah. But do we think that they have that potential with Oboe? I think they definitely showed like they showed good peaks during this tournament, but also very low lows uh, individually as players and as the team, depending on the matchups. Like I was actually super surprised by Breezy's form considering that they were in NA and this whole story that they didn't practice and all of that. Like, Breeze individually had some, like, insane rounds. Cirque is in better form. He has been pretty pretty shit, let's be real, for, like, three or four or five months almost. So those two being in decent form allows them to actually challenge in these series. And then Obo was super hot and cold. But you can kind of explain that with him being new to the team. And Can't first really... officials in, like, six months, right? Yeah, people... Not more. Talk shit. I think overall his rating wasn't that great, but he had some great maps. So that's the thing that I saw overall from EG. Like I saw good peaks, but not not enough consistency. If it if it is true that they practice for like a week maybe together, I think that makes sense. Like some things won't be really drilled down. You go into an official, you have one thing ready, that one thing doesn't work. You have a second that you kind of know what you're doing, and if that doesn't work, you just lose, and that's the whole thing. So overall. I still feel like my assessment from like last episode or whatever, when we talked about Obo, I think they'll still be around that like top 15-ish position. I don't think they made such a big change that will propel them back into the top 10 or anything like that. I think that's still not really, I don't know, something we can expect from them. Okay. Yeah. Well, Strike, what do we think about this angle? Because the what they were talking about uh, with Zeus there uh, in the interview pieces that were on, on the broadcast about how like they took that break and this is like a, a new project, right? Like before they got too friendly with each other and stuff. And now this is is more like serious business. It's 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 not just being friends, right? And playing Counter-Strike and stuff. Yeah. What what do we do we do we put much stock in, in that? Do we think that's gonna keep the team on the on the straight and narrow? Like what do you make of, of that messaging? Um, maybe it just meant that they got a little bit too comfortable, um, you know, not putting 100% effort in <clears throat> and stuff like that. Um, that's probably what I would take away from from, from that. Um, whether it's actually going to make a difference when they do, maybe small one, but I just think, like Prof said, like this, if you think about it, change for change, like Ethan for Oboe, individually, it's not a big change, not a big difference, right? Like we don't expect Oboe to be massive upgrade or anything. They're still going to rely on Breezy a lot of the time just because that's who's been their biggest star for the last couple of years or like a year and a half now. And so like the team hasn't really changed too much. So I don't expect uh, the the results to either. Well, Cirque had some, some good moments, right? That like he was popping off again. They were getting getting the stuff we expect out of Breeze. I also thought, I don't know if anybody else thought this, but I thought the way that they were approaching some games, 
it wasn't always in the EG way that I remember where like we talk about getting a pick and just fucking going. Like that's, I felt like EG were quite a momentum based team before. I felt that they were using the clock a, a lot more. Uh, I felt that they like were doing interesting things against VP as well. Like re letting VP milk down the clock and then late round as they go into plant, just in like 4v4s, just fucking swarming them. Yeah, like yeah, trying yeah. to make super cap. So they, I felt like they had some like good approaches for the problems that, that they were dealt, which is is good because I think before with EG, when I would watch them, if the individuals weren't hitting shots, kind of what you're saying before, Sticko, about the, the fanatic of the Swedes, right? If they weren't hitting the shots, they weren't going to win the games because their their style was, yeah, we're going to run at the brick wall with good flashes and smokes and mollies behind us, but it's still going to be like a 50-50, like a top banana fight that Ethan would win. Some games he'd win most of them. Some games he'd win none of them, right? And that kind of thing is, you can have all the utility in the world. Sometimes it's going to pay off with your timing. Sometimes it, it's not, right? And I noticed, or at least I thought I noticed this time around that they were a bit more dynamic in their in their playbook, in their approach to the game. It didn't feel like the same old. So there's obviously, or at least it feels like there's something that's been done there. Um, this is something, by the way, that I noticed as well. This uh, this explosive like retakes and stuff like that. They're just like so off timing for a lot of these teams, I yeah. feel like. Um, so that's definitely something unique about them. I don't know if the, that, that's going to make them very different. People just get used to that, I think, at some point. So... It's just something that I've definitely uh, um, caught on as well. Sure. Now, Sik, I want to check with you because we're yeah. almost running to the end of the show. We normally do two hours, but we've got some stuff we want to dig through. Are you happy to stay with us for a little bit longer? Yeah, sure. No okay, problem. Okay, sweet. Yeah. Then I don't need to go crazy rush. That's all good. Do you have anything on EG you want to, want to touch on? Personally, no. I, I haven't play, paid too much attention to them since they weren't in our group. And uh, they weren't really advancing from the group as well. So Didn't we need to keep eyes on scrapped. Them. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, do we want to move into this bracket, boys, and, and take yeah, a little bit of a look and explain go. this? All right. Yep. Uh, Lucas, that link before, I'll link it again. Let's bring this one up, and we'll uh, we'll run through this bracket for everybody at home. So last night when the matches all finished, uh, on air, they, they had the brackets. Now, if you're unfamiliar with the way that the EPL format works uh, for Season 13, there was four groups of six teams. Uh, the top three teams of each group progressed. The top team in each group, so four teams in total, one from A, B, C, and D, just to make that as clear as humanly possible, uh, were randomly drawn to, in, in the play-ins, which they can either make it straight into the semifinals or the quarterfinals, depending on the outcome of that game. Uh, so the, the draw that happened with those top four names, it ended up with Heroic versus NIP on one side and Gambit versus Astralis on the other. Um, so immediately, I think Gambit versus Astralis is hitting a lot of uh, hype for a lot of people to see that matchup. Um, but then if we just talk about the second and third teams, they ended up uh, looking like this in the bracket. So we had Furia FPX uh, in the same side of the bracket. We have G2 Liquid. On the bottom side of the bracket, we have Complexity Navi and Virtus Pro Ents. So I guess what we'll do is we'll start with the play-ins and then we'll go through the rest of the bracket, right? Because it's going to have direct impacts. Yeah. Um, so I think that for, for most people here, taking a look at the heroic NIP one and considering all the other names, it, it feels like it doesn't necessarily hit what we're looking for. Like, it, But I, I guess that's just the way the cookie crumbles, right? Heroic versus NIP striker. Do you think that still has a, has a chance to be a, a good matchup? Um, I mean, Bonan, yeah, not for this stage right so okay i think at this stage we would have expected earlier. something like you know a liquid and navi that could that actually could have happened in the first round of playoffs now right so that's kind of like the the level of teams i would be looking at especially like given that i feel like the groups ended up a little bit unbalanced not necessarily because of the seating but just because of uh like external factors like you know fun plus phoenix being in 
um, in flux, complexity kind of still being in a weird spot. Sure. OG, you know, having changes as well, st stuff like this, you know, Renegades coming in. With, How much do like, we know weird... about Ents? Yeah, exactly. Like a lot of these, like these two groups just kind of turned out a little bit weird compared to the other two where there was, there was a lot of the bigger names, especially the, the group D, obviously, that ended up being like super strong on uh, even on paper. Uh, and so given that those two groups ended up facing each other, the two weaker groups and then the two stronger groups, it just ended up uh, a little bit unfortunate. Sure. Uh, do, when we look at the other one, Prof, the Gambit versus Astralis game, does that, like, to you feel like it could be a grand finals preview? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Uh, Astralis, we all know. Gambit, Elise even said that Gambit is the number one team in the world right now for him. Said VP is number two. So I think that puts like a lot of expectations from people on Estico, like shocked by the, these words. Or, yeah, uh, I think you were trolled or something. No. I think he said it on air. He said it on air. That's yeah, he said only interview. about VP hit number two. Did he mention Gambit? Then as he well? said. And I think Gambit is number one. Really? He said that? And Helios isn't really a guy that would, that would go and troll like that. Uh, there's, a, there's a clip. I, I can, okay, I think... okay. I saw the clip, but only half of it. I thought the rest is troll. So <laughs> I didn't bother watching. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. I mean, today they, they, they won against us like 25-5 and scrim. So, yeah, they're definitely number one in the world. Okay. <laughs> no about? chance <laughs> against Gambit. Gambit, but, okay. Yeah. We had the devil walk standing in, so... Fucking hell, we're getting scrim results live on the show. This is... We're getting everything today, boys. Um, uh, do, do, with, with this one here, Stika, we're taking a look at, at Gambit Astralis, right? Like, and to your response to what Prop yeah. was just saying, do you think that this is clear in your mind who the favorite is in this matchup? Because I think to a lot of people, it's not. I mean, I, I think I'm pretty clear on this one. All right. I really want Gambit in our side of the bracket so I want them to lose. I'm going to cheer for Astralis because we're having really good run on officials against Gambit. So I really want them. I think our side of the bracket is really uh, good for us looking at the teams. Like in, in the other bracket, we always struggle against Complexity, against Navi, against VP, we struggle. Uh, so if Astralis beat Gambit, we're, gonna, we're on a really good run. Uh, if like... I mean, it's the best we could hope for. I'm not saying we have a good chances, but it's the best we could get uh, out of all teams uh, qualifying through. Okay, so based off of your good results against Gambit, you think Astralis are the favorites in that one? Yeah, Astralis are the favorites in the matchup, and I also want Gambit in our bracket, so I'm going to cheer for Astralis as okay. well. <laughs> Two reasons right there. All right, now, if we if we take a look at the, the bracket as a whole here, uh, Prof, which side do you think is harder? The, the top half or the bottom half. And I know that's going to be determined as well by who wins and loses the fucking play-in matches, but like just at face value and with who you think is going to go I mean, I, I can just assess like the what we have right now from the bottom eight teams. I think from the other is kind of random. Okay. Like you don't know who's going to win from Heroic and IP. You don't know who's going to win from Gambit. Astralis definitely. So yeah. it, it's, it changes literally everything. But from the from what we already have so fury upon plus phoenix g2 liquid then complexity navi uh, it's very hard i feel like it's pretty yeah. balanced overall like i mean obviously a fury fpx game is kind of on the lower side but all of these like vp complexity navi liquid g2 like any of these teams are looking pretty hot maybe g2 not that hot but still at least like a 
top four potential uh definitely for the for this tournament so i feel like it's it's balanced and maybe give it just slightly to the to the like complexity navi vp side okay yeah. striker which which side for you which one do you think is looking a bit more stacked here uh, i was thinking about the bottom one too but i honestly i feel like that's just on a um such a such a close balanced uh bracket i think well i really don't because it's like and sure they showed a lot in the group but it's not like we just have them as like a top 10 team confirmed at this point right there's sure. no way especially after they they just shit the bed like right afterwards in the what was they it lost to Havu, right yeah oh uh, yeah they lost to Havu. And there was like another weird result in the group they stage, as far as I remember. Mad Lions in a best of one, but yeah, then beat them in the rematch. They played praying twice. So yeah, like with this result, ends are obviously like a bit on a weird side. FPX obviously, you know, being in a, in flux with with the roster, um, and then the the other three on both sides are kind of like balanced in in my eyes. Maybe like VP and Navi being above like Furia and Liquid, and maybe. Yeah, I, I think here if we just take a look at like the potential mashups we have, like off, out the gates, G2 Liquid's good, Complexity Navi's good. Like, no, no offense, Seeker. I think like most people go into that matchup, especially with what you told us tonight on the show about the whole sunny temporary situation. <laughs> would go yeah. in with Furia as the favorites there. I think most people would go in with VP as the favorites over Ents. If you get VP versus Navi, that's a great, that's a great second round playoff game. If you get Liquid versus Furia, that's a great second round game. Like lots of storylines there, right? Like. Lots of, and 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 good matches as well to expect from those type of games. That that's cool. And then as we move and progress further in, I, the thing is, heroic NIP results neither have shown consistency because we haven't seen enough out of them, right? Like there just there isn't enough sample size. So it, it's it's tough one to call. But at least all the names here, I don't think there's going to be any crazy blowouts. Like I'm not expecting any just drubbings. Like there's potential for, but it doesn't look like that's going to be the case with the type of Counter-Strike that FPX and Ents play, right? They're not the type of teams who are expecting just to get blown out as I probably... I mean, I could expect, this. I could see VP just blowing out yeah. Ents just yeah, on, the, sure. on the play style. Yeah. On the play style thing, I feel like Ents could get blown out pretty hard. Yeah. Well, just, just based on it being VP. Yeah. What about that FPX Furia though? What what was what what do you expect from playing Furia in a best of the game? Have you ever played them? Yeah, I mean, again, only in scrims. But okay. that scrim ends like thirty minutes early. <laughs> <laughs> and, like you can literally just keep tossing your nades at whatever position you're playing because they're gonna eventually come. Like it, and it's it, they will go through the smoke. It's, it feels like they have forty seconds when they leave freeze uh, freeze time, right? Well, we that's have one forty. Yeah, this is just, they're just Wing everywhere. I mean, maybe that's what they practice. I don't blame them. Uh, it's really hard for me to say, but it's usually a really nice prac because there's a lot of multi kills coming in from both sides. <laughs> it's either us getting multi kills, then next round they get multi kills. It's like a highlight reel basically on the server, and uh, it's really fun to play against them as well because it's not like a nonsense pushes that they do. Uh, it all makes sense, but you have to look at the bigger picture and. Uh, Really good practice against them, to be honest. Do, I really have fun. Do you okay? So you just said that you enjoy that style. Do you yeah. prefer like playing against that in in officials when there's pressure and that kind of shit can get like snowballed against you? Would you prefer to play against VP knowing they're going to execute with about 15 seconds left on the clock every round? Uh, I think I think Junior is in the chance. I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> so he's gonna he's gonna adjust their play style. But honestly, I don't mind playing that style in officials as well. I've played a bunch of teams that they just W. Like, I remember Movie Star Riders when they were still Spanish team. It was just it, it's super fast. Like overpass, their T side is basically executing fast 
B 15 rounds and I'm a B player. So I was just kind of in a chaos, you know, hiding in the smoke 10 rounds and then five rounds getting flash through that smoke so it was adventure on b side <laughs> all right uh well boys we got this bracket we put it up here i don't we we don't have too much to dig into and now that we've we've taken a look at it do we want to like pick eventual winners like or do we want to just fucking keep it rolling i mean we don't uh, get we have another show in time like, so oh we, we do have another show yeah shit you're right operate through the playoffs um, yeah. we can we can maybe look at like just the first two rounds right because that's what we are going to reach before the next show Sure. Okay. So, Stiko, help us out here. These yeah. matchups, you're obviously going to be a little bit biased on your own. So maybe we'll do that one. Boy, we, we won't involve you for the first one, but for the rest, let's get you get who you think are going to take the opening matches. So, uh, Prof Striker, Fury or FPX? I mean, Fury. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with FPX because you guys okay. have the majority there, and then I can look at the good, good guy in front of Stiko. Um, so let's go with Fury win that one. G2 Liquid, Stiko, who you got? Uh, G2. Okay. Prof? Liquid. Striker? After groups, I have to say liquid, yeah. Ooh, okay. Uh, ooh, I I think the map pool... Oh, Liquid have been picking Vertigo, haven't they? There might be a bit of a pain in the ass for Gene 2. Well, now they got Jax back, the Vertigo's not as bad. I don't know. I'm all over the shop with that one. I'm going to go with G2 just to just to go against the grain. Um, all right, what was the next one? I fucking want to play. Complexity Navi. Okay. Uh, this is a really hard one. Uh, I'm going to go with Navi just for the sake of. I think Navi doesn't deserve. They don't deserve to exit the tournament uh, playoffs round one. Okay. I'm just going to go with Navi. Prof, the history you're talking about here. Yeah, I was trying to see if they played a lot, but they didn't really. No, not, they really. Like... not that Once much. early this year when Yugi was playing for Complexity. Yeah. Uh, Otherwise. I don't know. I, I'm really not like. There's something funky about Navi. Uh, we all saw like this group stage was pretty weird, uh, but that was also like simple being COVID sick maybe or something and all of this like experimentation. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll still side with Navi. I'll still yeah. side with Navi. I think they stabilized by the end of the group stage. Striker, same. Yeah, I gotta get Navi as well. See that like it once again like complexity. We don't know if they're back yet, right? Like. And to be fair, they never were like super back. We just had some peaks and some troughs from them. So a bit more time for complexity. Uh, I mean, VP, the, everyone's gonna pick VP friends. I mean, oh, it does true. look like just just to say, like, does does look like complexity don't really mind the matchup at least. So it it I think it promises quite a bit. Okay. Uh, yeah, the VP ends one. I think we'd all go with VP. Anyone object yeah. to that? All right, nope. easy. Uh, heroic NIP. That's not until the week after, right? The play and stuff will be going down next week, so yeah. we can check out. I'd that. still say heroic is a favorite for that. For for me, like, they're undefeated, mate. How can you argue with it? Yeah, We're going for the 80, 87 and zero yeah. online record or against something. NIP. So hopefully that's it. I mean, they lost some maps, so it doesn't count. Fuck. No. Wow. We can't even spin that one. Uh, and then the final one, Astralis Gamba. I think Stiko went with Astralis. Where are you going, Prof? Ooh. I really don't know. Have they played I, each other? I'm trying to remember when they played yeah, each other. Yeah, I think they did. They played each other at DreamHack Masters Winter in 2020. Uh, that was Australis, the only time. Yeah, 16-9, 16-12 to Astralis. Yeah. I feel, I feel like Gambit takes this one. Okay. I'm also wedging towards towards Gambit right now. Just, uh, yeah, I think Astralis, even though they were first, I think there was still some shakiness. They had to get bailed out by device, so I feel like they're still not 100%, so I'm going to give it to Gambit, who have just been looking super good still. 
when there's not a lot of like okay let me try again because i'm just gonna say when there's not on a lot uh, not a lot on the line <laughs> which is not the case there's a semi-final berth or a quarter-final berth i can't tell who that means more to right i guess it's about who you would avoid depending on where you would end up on what side of the bracket right that's where for them uh maybe like more of a motiv motivating factor if you're like gambit you don't want to end up on the same side as the bracket as navi for example or whatever right like uh, it's it's too hard to call i think that like gambit maybe you, playing... or maybe you do maybe you do yeah why not maybe you do yeah no but like they just played each other yeah but uh, that was just a bad example yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, but but the the thought process here is like when you go into these matchups there's still a lot on the line because you can go further in the tournament with one win and guarantee yourself a top four but there's always that like mental side of things of like you know Australia's probably think they can win the tournament without being top four immediately, right? I, I don't think both are the same. Uh, I kind of see both teams in the same category when it comes to like the mental side of it. So I feel like both teams will just really want to try. I think if Device is in this form, like if Device is playing this level Counter Strike and then his two ICs and stuff show up with him, like I, I would go for I'd go for Australis. I think that if anybody's gonna like figure out Gambit. Right, it'd be Astralis. Like if you were gonna if you were gonna look at any team to pick to be able to to solve the puzzle, that's where I'd be going with things. Um let's keep her moving. Let's jump into the playtime. Lucas, do we need to roll the bumper here? Okay, roll the bumper. Let's go. All right, welcome back. We are going to be hitting into a new segment. We did it last week. We're doing it again this week. It is the parry match matchmaker. And uh, if you remember it, it is basically a bunch of predetermined uh, answers. And Stiko, this time around, will have to be putting them to player names. I think last week we did teams. Uh, this this time around, we're doing doing player names. Lucas, do you have anywhere we can see this? Oh, there you go. Look at that. He just linked it in time. So this we can see it here. Uh, the names that we have, this is for our audio listeners. Rops, Madden, Yakinda, Twists, and Stown. And the potential options for Stigo to pick between are will improve the most, best mechanics, annoying to face, would like to play with, underrated or overrated. That last one there, I guess you get to define. So you can start wherever you want here, Martin. Yeah, okay. I, I think this one's really easy. So I'm going to go with uh, my teammate first, Madden. Okay. Uh, I think since he's the least proved probably on these teams okay yekinder is questionable but probably uh Madden is basically the least experienced here uh i'm gonna say that he will improve the most okay i don't know if i have to do something or you're you gonna just have to click the the you option have... i believe there is another link you use this link. all right all right all right uh, i got it i got it Madden. okay yeah. will improve the most okay. okay uh for the ropes it's obvious best mechanics Oh, best mechanics probably in the game that he has. Uh, for Yekinder, I would but love like to play better mechanics, him. better yeah, mechanics than, than twists. That's that's a yeah, definitely. No, okay, definitely. that's no question. Even Robs has the best mechanics in the game when it comes to the rifling 100%. And we're comparing riflers here, so I'm just gonna go with Robs' best mechanics. Uh, Yekindar is definitely the guy who I'd like to play with. I love to play Counter-Strike 5v4. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for, okay, last two guys down, I'm gonna say he is, okay, Twist is annoying to face. I don't face him that often. Right now I might, since 
you know, he's on the European team. So Twist is pretty annoying to face, especially since he, since he's anchoring on some sides and, you know, I'm on the extremities as well. So we face each other a lot. And Stown is definitely underrated or overrated. It feels like a lot of times, whenever Heroic is not playing, they forgot Stown is on the lineup. And then when they're playing, he's shining so much that he's like considered a god. And then he eventually, again, goes into the limbo that everyone forgets about his playstyle and whatsoever. So he's either underrated or overrated in a lot of eyes. If Heroic is doing good, he's underrated because he's carrying them. Other way around, I meant. He's overrated uh, because it feels like he's always putting numbers in. And when they're not playing, he's underrated because just it, it's just the way it is. It gets overshadowed, it feels like. Okay. So is do you think Stown is... Uh, where would you put Stown in like the hierarchy of Danish Counter-Strike? How high up are we talking? I know I'm asking you to do like an impromptu ranking in your head on the spot. Like a top eight player. In Denmark? Okay. All right, top or top, in the, in top the world. eight to top ten. Yeah, in Denmark. Okay, okay. In Denmark. Yeah, there's a shitload of good players there. So I was like, top eight. I was like, holy shit, that's yeah. But really, when you think, yeah, that I makes mean, sense. I mean, he's probably worse than all of Australia's players. Um, probably Blame F is better as well. And uh, who else? Maybe okay. I would config. actually play. Conf um, actually, a Config and Stone are pretty similar to my. Okay. But I would actually put Asset above Stone just for the sake of not Cloud Nine run, but Australis run. So, okay, probably right. somewhere there. I, I'm surprised, like with what I have seen Yakinda do, and I know that it's yeah. only in the realms of like online Counter Strike. Uh, I, I am surprised that you you didn't put him as the best mechanics because the shit that this kid like that I'm seeing, maybe I got some rose colored glasses on, looks insane. But to be fair, when I first started watching Rops, um, it was like the first season I ever did working pro league. So we're going back a long time ago. And I literally just sat in the Go TV watching him because yeah, I was right. blown away at like just how procedural he was. And yeah, the thing about Robs is he has his routines, which he never forgets. And he's also insane at KZ, which to me is a part of mechanics. So. Okay. I think yeah. Robs is just too precise not to fit this, to be honest. Like, Yekindar is just crazy, crazy good and still crazy skilled. But I think like pure mechanics, I think go Robs' way, yeah. It's a hard, hard list that probably yeah. assembled here for you. I don't think, I don't think what Yekindar is that argue to face because there's no way anybody likes playing against him. Man. There's no way. Maybe people like getting like occasional entry kills. Yeah, uh, sure, but then, then like two rounds, two rounds later, you you just get headbutted by him. True. All right, Prof. We got anything else on this one before we move forward? No, with the I, I think this uh, played out pretty well. Happy yeah. with how how I set it up. All right. We've got a bit of success with this. And all right, we're going to move into uh, some leftover topics and questions. So we'll jump into the to the questions from viewers at home. We have uh, uh, a bunch of them. Um, we've got some funny ones. We've got some we've got some standard ones. And one that is being asked by uh, Setup is one that I wanted to ask. He said, why did he start a YouTube content on his channel? Why did he start the YouTube content on his channel? I really enjoy the POV he has. So he's just wondering, why why did you want to do that? Um, so I just wanted to build uh, something as a side project for myself. So social media is obviously a big part for, for players to put their logo out, the brand. And uh, YouTube is something, is, is a platform that I've never used before because I feel like I don't have too much, you know, of an interesting day-to-day uh, -day life where I'm just stuck behind the computer. So I realized I have to do a content that 
I'm actively doing while I'm working, which is during the practice, if I have some clips, I'm going to clip them and put them in the highlight reel. And then if I'm actually playing the game, it would be nice for people to see uh, to, to see how, how I play basically in my environment with my with my mouse pad, mouse, keyboard, uh, stuff like this. Because whenever I was starting with Counter-Strike and I wanted to go pro, I was looking on YouTube to for a footage from a LAN, like people warming up, just warming up on the empty server or with bots. Uh, and I wanted to see what they do, how they move their mouse, what's their routine before the game. And maybe people can catch up on these things right while watching POV. It's, it is no... No extra effort for me to do this content. All I do is basically press record button, and uh, obviously then the post uh, production is coming into play. But for me personally, it is like easiest thing I could do, and it can help some people getting into top level and you know maybe copy my style, maybe adjust some things. Great. I'd link the uh, YouTube channel again in the chat for everybody. So go follow Steeker. We've, we've got a couple of lads we've had on the show who have been working on the, the YouTube stuff. Carrigan was on here as well. Yeah. Uh, I think Apex was doing something with it as well. It's good that people yeah. are, are doing more of that. I, I I know that sentiment you're talking about, right? You get questions of how do you hold your mouse? Or, you know, like how far away from the monitor are you and stuff? And the, having an insight on that, like it's not like it was in the old days where we would go to the lands and you could literally stand behind the row of PCs and, and watch the people doing it all live, right? We, we barely get that these days. Um all right, which one's here, Prof, particularly in your fancy? Anything, uh, anything I think juicy? The last one was interesting. Said uh, you said you wanted to become an all-around player. Does that mean you're willing to become an IGL one day? I think it's just like a curious take. I think it goes back to like the Cloud9 era when you kind of moved yeah. from the, like the full support to more of a star role, then no chance and stuff like that. So, is IGLing something you're open to? Yeah. Uh, that's a good question because eye chilling is something I want to avoid, but uh, every coach that coached me for a longer period of time said following, and that's Jonta, LMBT, and uh, now Devil Walk, they all said that one day I will be the in-game leader just for to say how I'm taking over sometimes, you know, the theory that we have on the empty server. I want to explain things to my teammates, how I want a certain strat to be run. I saw it on a demo and I tried to explain it thoroughly so people not only know their role and not know the roles of their teammates, they understand why we are doing. And this is something that I I feel like then that run or that dry running the strat and that strat itself in the game is much more successful when we all know why are we doing it. So these things are little, you know, glimpses of IGLing that I want to perfect. Uh, but uh, right now I feel not very comfortable IGLing, for example, in my team. There was an option that we would IGL right now, one of us, and we pick up someone, some rifler. Uh, but the thing is, I would have to give up my spot probably for IGLing. I don't want to in a lurk position to IGL. I want to be in the middle of the pack and that would mean restructuralizing whole FPX roster right now because I would have to swap roles and I feel like I'm I'm doing my role pretty good. Uh, I'm probably one of the best in the world. There are some people in front of me obviously which I look up to but uh, uh, I don't think we could fill that gap right now with the players we have. I think to piggy off the uh, piggyback off the back of that, uh, there's a question here that uh, is: Do you still consider yourself the star player of FPX? Like you just talked about your role. Like, what 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 would you define 
your role in the team as? I think there's not not enough space for me to be a star player, not in a sense that people are taking the space off of me, but I think like every one of us in this team can have a game that is just like we're carrying, like we're playing lights out and hitting shots and doing good calls. So it's not a star in the sense of a simple that he will consistently have all the time good, uh, good um, stats and, uh, you know, being in an impactful positions, but certain things like... Uh, if we're doing apps pop on Inferno and I'm an apps player, in that thread, I'm going to go first out apps. Whereas if you're doing B execute and I'm, and I'm an apps player, I'm going to go last in trying to trade people. So it de de depends. Like we can't build a role around, uh, we, we can't build a, you know, superstar player around in our system just because we have to have a play style. And if we would like to go B, then obviously I'm going to have a probably a little bit better game that if we are not forcing A apps that much, which I'm playing, if, if OP is posted up, I'm just going to die and hope for my teammate to refrag. So the stats differ in our team a lot on the way we play the game. Okay. Yeah, good answer then. Um, do we have anything else, Prof or Strike, we wanted to follow up with? I've, my memory's getting worse the older I get. Oh, there's um, just one there's one question that I kind of liked for pretty obvious reasons. Yeah. Uh, any chance to create a Czechoslovakian team in the future? Obviously, this is something that you've talked about before. Right. I, I always pretty much get this question. Yeah. If I'm ever willing to come back and create a Czechoslovakian team. Uh, I never said no to this. I always said that there has to be right time and right disposal of players and talent and organization for it to work. Um uh, Lately, we've seen the rise of the sinners, which is great. Uh, but uh, I'm afraid that there's going to be a skill ceiling that they're going to hit soon enough and that they're going to struggle to advance the rankings. So it's not like I, if, if, for example, tomorrow, hypothetically speaking, I'm released from FPX and I would have to go to Czechoslovakian team, I don't want to just jump into the sinners and uh, tell them, hey, guys, I'm here. You want to pick me up and let's play and win something it has to be totally like uh, thought through process of creating a team and right now i don't see a point of uh doing that because there's just not enough drive in the scene just yet maybe in a few years uh, it will be but you know two years ago i didn't even think there would be a czechoslovakian team uh in the top 30 and here we are there so um it's all advancing pretty fast, and uh, I'm not saying no to this once again. I'm just saying it's highly unlikely. What do you make of uh, Oscar making making this comeback? Um, I think he kind of saved that lineup where he just boosted them in, on, on an insane basis. He's carrying a lot of games, and even on the maps that he was struggling before, he's doing really well now, like Vertigo. He kind of grew up. Uh, to the point, I mean, grew onto the map, if, if that makes sense. He he started to play really good on it. and uh, But at the same time, it's a double-edged knife, or how you say it in English, where I think he is also one of the reasons why they're not going to advance that much further. Uh, I don't see, obviously, inside the team, but uh, I can see that happening, that there's going to be certain things that he should be overcoming and teaching these young people to overcome. But I'm not sure if he's able to. He wasn't, when in Mouseports, when we played together, he wasn't really uh, a teacher figure or something like that. So I think he is struggling with the uh, quantum, like ex explaining the concept of counter tier one Counter-Strike to them. 
and that's why maybe they're failing. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I they're mean, not failing in a way, but you know what I mean. Uh, I mean, they, they're plateauing at, at, at this yeah. point for sure. Like they, they definitely need to find like a new new thing that's going to propel right. them forward. At yeah. this point, they're just kind of stuck at the same place, I would say. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I've had some talks with Oscar and he said that he's trying to explain, like, especially like working with Neofrag as somebody who's obviously like kind of touted as the next Oscar. Yeah. Um, and, and stuff like that. He's definitely brought something to them and he's trying to teach them. But I agree with you that I'm not sure he's the... Uh, he has the personality for it. Yeah. Their, their their page on hltv.org looks a lot better than the extremer page, so I, I think that, yeah. that that's one one positive. View they beat there, right? they beat, they beat them. even like yeah. a couple of days ago or something. Yeah, it's a three map affair. I'm looking at it right now. Like I, I yeah, bloody hell. What if you join that team, Stiko? How how high do you reckon they could go? Throw you in there, sinners. Yeah. Uh, I think we would do worse, to be honest. <laughs> That's pretty good. Answer. I think I think they're I think they're pretty good mix of players. I think if I throw myself in, I don't see first of all a player that I would throw myself in. Okay. I mean, it would have to be somebody like Shock if you if you're thinking about roles at this point, right? Mm, yeah, but then I would. I mean, he's supporting, right? He's not even anchoring. I think Zetko is lurking slash anchoring. Actually, yeah, right. They kind of so I would it up have to go instead of Zetko, which I think he's doing a really good job in. I'm not sure if he's still in game leading. Is he? There was a time. There was a time where, it, yeah, where well, he took it. I'm not sure if that's still the case. Then yeah. If I would have to end game lead, I'm definitely uh, convinced that we would be below extremum metro dates. <laughs> <laughs> that's an achievement right there. That's, uh... I have one last question. Uh... Go for it. Just uh, there's that podcast that you did with DDK and it was a lot about like personal improvement and stuff like that. And where you right. went into a lot of details about like how you journal, how you like log stuff, what you do to like um, just to improve yourself as a player, as a person, but pr primarily as a player. Uh, did you have any new like um, how, how do you like discoveries yeah. recently uh -huh. about like what influences your game and like for people that are interested about it they can go and watch the whole podcast because it's good but just like new stuff what, what what's going on yeah i've been i treated myself after the new years and i joined fpx and i bought this piece of tech which okay. is the, the 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 ring and it monitors my sleep and it's actually really good it's quite pricey uh, so it's not for everyone i'm pretty sure if you have a smartwatch maybe you can w use that to track your sleep it's kind of okay as well but this one gets really deep and uh <laughs> okay wait this was weird <laughs> this this piece of tech is really important for me right now because this is part of my morning routine that i wake up and i update it instantly to see how my sleep was even if i feel rested and the app show app shows i had a shitty rem let's say um uh, sleep and I, I and i woke up numerous times during the night and i did i don't remember waking up but you do for a couple of seconds minutes whatever uh so um you will know that by the end of the day you will be extra tired but if if the app shows you that you slept really good and you had a good uh, sleep hygiene and good cycle, I usually do better do, during those days in my officials as well. So you try to negate blue light before going to sleep. You try to negate, uh, like don't drink coffee, right? Few hours before you go to bed. Um, you avoid alcohol before going to bed, et cetera, et cetera. So these little things can help you out. And uh, this is definitely something I can recommend. Maybe you can find find similar piece of tech for lower amount of price, but uh, same effect. And just keep, uh, you know, trying out these things. Maybe it will not uh, affect your life at all, but my quality of life actually increased. 
Okay. Interesting. I uh, sleep like shit and uh, drink coffee right before bed. So look at me. Don't end up, don't end up like me. Uh, end up like sticker. Get yourself a, a nice pricey ring. And it's not even an engagement ring. That's interesting. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think you're a bit young for that, probably. 20, uh, 25? I don't know. What's what's going yeah, on over there? I'm going Strike... to be too young. Let's leave it at that, okay? All right. <laughs> <laughs> we can get you a dating profile going with Strike as well. We can make it like... We can, we can, we can, we can expand yes. it, right? We can work Striker. on that. Yeah, we can do an, another jingle. Striker and Stickos. There you can, go. Can... We can yes. send them out on double dates. Like, not at the moment. We've got to wait for fucking the whole COVID thing to figure Online out. Online double dates. We can do that on Zoom. We can <laughs> not cross it and just hold each other's hands. Oh dear! No, he meant the two of us with two two more other people, not yeah. the two of us. Yeah. But you guys can go on it. That works too, you know. We can do any form of matchmaking around here. Um, all right, Stiko, it has been. I've kept you for half an hour longer than I, than I should have. So right now, I want to open up the the microphone to you to to say whatever you want to the fans, to to the organization, to whatever. You don't even have to say anything if you don't want. But this is your yeah. chance now to say whatever. All right. Um, I could just end the call right now, but I'm gonna Damn gather be- my last my last energy to to speak a little bit. Thank you for having me, first of all, you three, and Lucas as well in the background. Uh, thanks for chat for you know sending the questions and also on the Twitter, etc. Cetera, et cetera. Uh, chat. Oh, I thought it said <laughs> chat. I was like, that definitely wasn't me, dude. Don't give me props for anything. Not everything's about you, Chad. So. Yeah, fuck, there you go. You're going to my narcissism. Yeah, right. Uh, I, I mean, thanks for for just inviting me and uh, talking through these things because it was quite interesting, especially talking about Cloud9 and uh, the EPL itself. Uh, I feel like it's going to be a rough time for us in EPL, but we might only surprise right now. So we're trying to get the, our team together and chill, you know. So this is uh, this is hopefully the start of the FPX that I mentioned earlier in the podcast. Like by the end of the summer, we hit top ten, and then the major, and then we meet here and uh, we talk about successful 2021. Okay, that's a nice uh, a nice note to leave it on right there. So we'll uh, we'll close it down. Thank you to Stiko for joining us, and uh, thank you again to Parry Match and Extra Five for supporting HLTV confirmed. Uh, once again, search HLTV Confirmed on YouTube to find the VOD. It'll be up in about 24 to 48 hours. Uh, anchor.fm slash HLTV for all the audio needs. Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, all that stuff. There's a bunch more. Uh, the next one, the next show we'll be doing will be on Tuesday, the 6th of April, same time. Well, 8 p.m. CEST. We're in the daylight savings world now. And uh, thank you for all tuning in and good night. Add some fun to your space with Extrify, designed in Sweden with focus on quality products built on experience. You're looking at Project 4, their fourth generation of products with super cool colorways to stand out, with matching sets to satisfy with a solid B4 bungee, lightweight ergonomic M4 mouse, the K4 keyboard is fantastic, all of which are performance focused, and finish it off with colorful GP4 mouse mats that are bold in design and smooth on the surface. The retro theme in particular has got the feels. Complete your setup with Extrify. No regrets guaranteed. I'm in the house.
transact a clear. But there is the window. Hate this badge. I'll take the fire through the pillar. Whatever. Play with Parry Match. Parry Match. Your esports teammate.